0: what's up and welcome to the single player experience podcast the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play as always i'm your host sebastian malden and you probably saw this in the title or the description of this episode but this episode is another feature where i was a guest on the x button podcast if this is your first time listening to the single player experience, normally I talk about video games, the good ones, the bad ones, and everything in between in this single player space, and I give you video game recommendations. Now, if you're a long-term listener of the podcast, then you already know what it's been like lately. I've been a frequent guest on the X-Button podcast, a really dope podcast, by the way, that you should check out featuring Paul and Alejandro, where they talk about all the gaming news that you need to know about. In this episode, we talk about the news surrounding Games as a Service, The Last of Us multiplayer news, and we talk about Jedi Survivor spoilers. Alejandro and Paul were nice enough to let me post that episode on the Single Player Experience podcast, and that's what you're about to hear right after the intro. DJ, start the intro, mine! This is The Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single-player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single-player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single-player experience. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of the X Button, season three, episode twenty-one. And one of your hosts, Alejandro. With me is the the Dark Knight of Guest Spots.
0: Hey. Yeah, man, the prince of Podcast, the dark knight of guest spots, the la 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 la, the smacketh down land. Because yeah. I'm about to be playing AEW fight forever. Oh, it's yeah. me, Sebastian Malden. How oh, y'all yeah. doing today?
1: We're doing good. So how you how, how's life been, Sebastian? Last time I saw you was literally a week ago when we reacted to a certain showcase that it guessed over in your side. So. And you it's got a, spi- a spicy new green screen behind you now. So.
0: Yeah, man, I've been upgrading a lot of different things lately. Um, some new sponsorships do- been doing a lot of different things like that. I've been good. Um, been playing a lot of games lately. There's this year has been absolutely stacked with games so much so that I felt like I've been sleeping on some stuff. So I had to go back and mm-hmm. see- play some stuff that previously came out earlier this year. So yeah, yeah, it's been good.
1: Yeah, I feel that way about like a bunch of the indie stuff uh, because I've noted that this is one of the rare years where every big game, thankfully because of my me working with season gaming, I've been able to like use that as an excuse to play the big games like right on the moment. This was one of the first times that I'm like, holy crap, like I played all the big games that matter already. And I'm like, oh, crap, what I what do I do now? It's like it's I've always had that fear, like even from years prior, it's like when I know that uh, a recent game has come out and even if it's not uh, Unless it's one that I'm super 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 excited about like I did a Star Wars Jedi survivor that we're actually going to talk about because he just recently uh, finished it at my like and me at me and Paul's like insistence that you needed to play it Um other times like I like uh I buy something new and then use that as an excuse to play something that came before kind of like Pushing the boulder of like what's the what's uh the latest so that then by the time that I reach the latest I'm not like just sitting there kind of like a Spongebob depressed like with his cup of coffee at the at the Krusty Krab like pens to be like, what do I do now? And I'm kind of like right now in that spot waiting for The two games that come out tomorrow and on the 6th. Though so, technically one comes out today But I'm not paying the extra dollars for that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I'm glad to have you here Our, My buddy Paul. He had a this is so funny the last week of May all for always for him It's always vacation time. That's when he usually would always go to visit Destin, Florida. So what we did last year was for the episode that was gonna air the week that he was out. We recorded it early for an episode that we called "The Games That Made Us," which was just, a, was just a topical episode where we're all gonna list all the consoles that we've owned and what was our favorite, like what was our favorite game from each console, not best, like the one that when we think of that console we think of uh, that game, whether it was good or bad, and it was like one of my most enjoyable episodes he got pretty emotional at times because it was just like a trip down nostalgia lane and till this day I was like man I hope we can do another Topical episode to kind of like break the mold that we do the what we've been playing then with do news and or, or when we do like Spoiler casts, but yeah this time he had a work trip <laughs> so then he couldn't he couldn't bring his computer with him so again like I'm so thankful for having met you. I know that when I know he's not going to be there and I'm the one that makes the show, I just have to like light the bat signal in the sky and I know you're going to be there. So <laughs> again, thank you for coming. But yeah, the, before that, with all that preamble out of the way, uh, just a reminder that this is the X-Bottom podcast, our gaming podcast that posts every Fridays from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing, available on the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most other services around the world apple podcast spotify and the like you can find links in the rss feed at tinyurl.com slash escape gaming if you enjoy our show give us a like and subscribe i tell you because before it was anchor.fm slash escape gaming then spotify bought Anchor, so it, it had to be like podcasters the spotify.com slash something i was like nah i'm gonna go to the tinyurl. tiny url you can find everything there with tiny url so sebastian you're their guest uh before we're gonna talk about the game that I want to do like a slightly deep dive on, uh, okay, tell me about Dead Island Two.
0: Dead Island Two, man. Yeah, Dead Island Two is a very interesting game. Um, you
1: previewed it at PAX when you went. I remember. Yeah, I did. Huh?
0: I did. Um, and you know the I don't think it previewed well. Um, it didn't really have a whole lot of excitement around the show floor mm-hmm. in the media room at all either. So it was like. Yeah. It's the way the level that they kind of chose was kind of like smack dab in the middle You had no connection with any of the characters and like I'm gonna be honest like a lot of the Environments and the zombies were kind of like meh just Mm -hmm. kind of like middle of the road and also
1: the context This has been a game nine years in development So it it changed three develop it changed hands through three different developers So obviously I I understand why media sentiment was kind of low because when you have a game that's percolating for that long It's rare the case that it turns out great or even good yeah.
0: so yeah and it was one of those things where like I mean, like I, I don't necessarily fault it but it's like it was one of the big AAA, um big AAA like studios in the indie kind of festival mm-hmm. and where a lot of the attention was on indies and a lot of those indies were actually like mainlining indies you had mm-hmm. like indies with bigger booths than like than this booth and that's like digital devolver had like a huge booth in the middle of the floor that overshadowed this one completely mm-hmm. it looks like you were walking into a movie theater like mm-hmm. you remember the days when you bought the yeah. pop oh yeah. ticket at the window yeah mm-hmm. it looks like those that kind of thing it had a like pizzazz to it whereas like this game was kind of off in the corner you can kind of see it when you walk in but Mm -hmm. like it was kind of off to the side so but yeah i did have a time to play it at pax and you know was a little underwhelmed if i'm being honest but i decided to go back to it and I'm kind of glad that I did. This game is a popcorn flick ass game. Like this is what, that's what it is. It's like- And it, it's like... not
1: pretending anything else. That's kind of the beauty of it.
0: <laughs> no, no. And it actually leans into those tropes. I I am going to do a like a deep dive spoiler conversation on the single player experience about <laughs> this game. But like, this is that kind of game you want to play when you're just in the mood to just wreck some stuff up and have fun like that's. I've that seen
1: game. the videos of the core of how you can yeah. like wreck those zombies. It's insane. It's it really absolutely is. it's absolutely insane and really uh, those were the kind of things that because I have that arrangement with Paul that I tell you that that's how we kind of get get games and uh, I could only convince him for like whenever that game hits its eventual sale point which makes me wonder it's going to take a while for it to hit that because it actually sold 2 million copies like relatively quickly for it's uh, that, that's why I was like oh so I guess it's like it's doing relatively well I don't think this is going to drop from its price so soon. And with everything around it,
0: <laughs> So I do think this is like come Black Friday around that November timeline. I do think you will find this for like twenty to twenty five dollars, though, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Because like even now, I you know like um I saw like some people who were asking about it. Like we were out watching the NBA playoffs and such like that, and they were asking. So what is your experience like with this game? I was just like this is a game that i'd recommend to you if you just want to sit down have the volume on mute and just go ahead and wreck some zombies up but or listen, to- yeah, or listen to a podcast yeah i'll listen to a podcast shout out to the exponent single player <laughs> experience podcast there but like yeah mm-hmm. this is those that this is that type of game and then like yeah if you can find this for around that 20 to 30 dollar markers that perfect price point for it
1: mm-hmm. yeah it definitely has like the air of the mid-tier it, just, it, it was is. just priced as a $70 game so that comes with like extra some extra expectations but it's like that many people have always said that that game is like the surprise of the year considering the baggage it it, <laughs> it 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 came with especially like you don't switch hands three times during development and expect the game to even be like remotely good like a recent example of a game that also like spent a lot of time in development and also switch hands a lot and didn't turn out good was over on Xbox Crackdown 3 yeah. That was a game that like switched hands so many times. Like its initial like promise of using <laughs> the light goes. <laughs> and it is initial its initial promise of using the uh the cloud server ashore for Microsoft right, at the time they were like, no, our servers are gonna be development tools to like aid developers in their single player stuff and, and create scale. That's not that's not possible. And that uh in subsequent showings after it was revealed, it wasn't showing that. And then it was just like sectioned off into a multiplayer that was pretty bad, and then the game was just so mediocre for like crackdown was never a great game i'll just say that but it was always a great time unfortunately crackdown 3 was like even below that where people are like if you have crackdown 1 and you're anchoring for that just go play crackdown 1 so that's an example of a game that spent a lot of time with and didn't turn out good then another example of a game that switch hands once within its developer but took 10 years to make was uh, final fantasy 15 which i'm actually replaying currently on the on the road to Final Fantasy 16, which is my next review over at Season Gaming. Uh, that's a game, again, that I, I, I think I told in the chat is like, this game was announced when I was in sixth grade, heading into my summer vacation, 2006. And then it came out literally the week of my finals of my last semester of college. So the fact that it took that long and then it like switched, from na- it switched names halfway through, the fact that that game was not a colossal disaster, it's actually quite impressive. That game is not great, but a lot of the things that they do good, it's actually good that it offsets a lot of the parts that are very half baked or undercooked or like you can feel that something happened here in the development where they had to scale back and some stuff like at a certain point because they needed to ship that game out. But it's rare for everything, everything to percolate that along and turn and turning out at least in the sevens, like in the in the in, in that good in, in kind of like that good window. So. Waiting for a sale for Dead Island too, for sure <laughs> in, in that one. So, uh, I'd
0: recommend that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Planet of Lana, which is uh, one of the recent Xbox oh. Game Pass uh, Games and the thing is things the thing Sebastian is like you're not the only like you kind of were like hinting like Hinting in our <laughs> chat that you, you Paul and I have about how much like you actually like this and that uh, uh, Lord Cognito from Iron Lord's podcast and Defining Duke He was also one that sing the exact same praises that you were that you were kind of hinted at that have the floor tell me, me about
0: planet of lana <laughs> me and Laura got some similar tastes here and yeah there. i mean we've hit it off at pax pretty well as well so it's one of those things to where planet of lana is a beautiful game one of the best looking games i probably played this year it has like some really cool effects some really mm-hmm. cool visuals um it is a puzzle game by nature but mm-hmm. like the whole thing is like your environment um, you're basically all your civilization has been kidnapped by alien invaders mm-hmm. And it's up to you to kind of like try to get them back by any means necessary um, So quick question
1: How I mean, similar it, it is to something like Inside or Limbo? It
0: is it's it's very, very, it's, it's very similar yeah. to yeah. that
1: Yeah, That's kind of like the vibe I was getting obviously a more colorful game than the other ones that are more like mm-hmm. Shades of gray and dark with some red like in, like Inside but continue
0: It is. It's very similar to Inside. It's like um. It's more vibrant, like you were saying, than Inside is. But like that same gameplay mechanic, to where you're kind of like, it's almost like you're moving in a cumbersome fashion, um, Mm -hmm. and where you're kind of you feel the weight of every single movement, and you kind of like trying to pull things and you're trying to like push things into just the right position at just the right timing to where like your opponents are like the people who are chasing you on the screen kind of get trapped and such mm-hmm. like that it is a very intriguing game um i think it's one of the be- most beautiful games this year it is small, just from, uh, just
1: from an art i can like yeah we're, we're seeing it behind your green in your fancy <laughs> green screen it's like it's evocative i love that it's like um i, I really love evocative art styles it's like uh even a game like I know that you have your problems with it, uh with Tears of the Kingdom, like especially like when compared to like what a game in a technical sense should be in like 2023. I feel a lot of that game is like it's carried a lot by its like animated art style. If yeah. it didn't have that, if you try to do attempt something more realistic, and I tell you like I tried a game like Hyrule Warriors that's also there that does like the up but more realistic, Oof! I tell you that game, not a looker, but that uh, animated art styles can push a lot when it, it it, when, when, it, when it comes when when it comes to like a visual presentation especially when photorealism I feel like we've hit a limit to like how pretty everything can be or in or or, or for it to be like uh impressive I feel like we we hit like oh this is so beautiful it's so photorealistically beautiful I feel like we we hit kind of like that ceiling and I feel like a more defined color for our style is the way to like keep like pushing the visual envelope and that's kind of what I'm seeing I'm loving and loving the Ori and the blind forest style like um like that the 2d 3d background like in, in, in like in in what's showing there so how long have you beaten it
0: yeah i've been it. Okay. It, I, I in two sittings it is very much like i it, to complete the game it's around four to six hours mm-hmm. if you really want to like get everything in the game like completionist it might take you like six to eight hours but like it, it's a very short experience it's so sweet though it feels like Almost like if Studio Ghibli kind of made a game, like mm-hmm. it feels like the way they tell the story. It also feels like some of the the way they craft environments mm-hmm. and and such like that. And not not to the same extent as you know like some of their other projects like Nino Cooney. This mm-hmm. feels more like a. Almost like um, a Princess Mononoke kind Prince of Princess like, Mononoke, yeah, yeah, kind of style more so than that. But like, I really enjoyed um, a lot of a lot of playing a lot No, there's no dialogue in this game. Like, mm-hmm. you don't hear, uh, understand, uh, like, mm-hmm. you don't understand the language they speak. So like, there's no dialogue, but like, you feel the weight of the character's emotions in every mm-hmm. single scene. Like, you understand that like their life has fallen apart. Like, you get like it's such a enriching tale. And there's no no dialogue. I love mm-hmm. that about this game. I think this this is a contender for indie of the year, if I'm being honest right now.
1: Yeah, it's small picking so far, but <laughs> I hope <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope it gets it, it gets its flowers because so far like, the only indie that I really like sunk my teeth in this year was a DLC and that was the Return of Castlevania for Dead Cells. So and obviously because this is just such a humongous triple a year that I feel like Indies really have no chance. And I feel like, or at least for like oxygen, like yeah. I, like compared to this, would be the perfect time for, for, per, for, like, let's say if Plano Blano had come out around this time last year, it would completely shine because what would, what did we get big game in May, June, or July last year? We got nothing. So that would, so you would have had like that in the, in the same window that Cult of the Lamb, like, got, got, got its huge following because it released really at that point where we're still waiting for anything big to come out because nothing was coming out. Uh, planet now comes out of the at the weird summer that I don't think will ever happen again. That big games from like storied franchises like are all like on top of each other. So and that that's like big for like people that have been following the industry. You ne- you will never see another summer like this again. Or I will hope this will show people hey you can release games in the summer. Look how well those have sold. <laughs> so it's not just in the like like one sold 10 million copies in like three days. Uh well, the other one in two days made, like, a, a bunch of copies with, like, a Jedi Survivors, which I want to jump into uh, almost immediately there. But I said, yeah, this has been, like, a very eventful summer for big games, and it's so weird. And I love it, because these are usually backlog times.
0: it is weird. Um, it's one of those things to where I'm looking at, like, the the way everything is kind of like moving for indie games uh because i know you mentioned it a second ago like mm-hmm. there's been some really like, like you, there's no oxygen for them but there's mm-hmm. been some really great ones out there like um hunt the Night is a fantastic mm-hmm. one that combines mm-hmm. like a lot of things that what you see in like the witcher mm-hmm. um it's like a, a top version. down mm-hmm. yes yeah, it, yeah you can see in the background right here mm-hmm. but like it's a top down witcher kind of meets castlevania meets mm-hmm. like um meets bloodborne and it mm-hmm. is like a it's a weird combination of all those three elements and it just works so well. The gameplay is so fluid. Like this, the story is really rich just like the Witcher's lore. It's it's an amazing game. It's mm-hmm. just like no oxygen for it yeah. really. Literally
1: yeah. forgot it came out. Uh, mm-hmm. What was this other one that you were b- very big on? Uh, Have a nice death? Was another yeah, really one that, really that was good. like, initially got some fast praise, immediately forgotten. Because yeah. it came out literally the same week as Resident Evil 4. Another one of the big games this year um Death
0: is might be one of the most gorgeous games this year especially in that like the or, like the ori kind of art style that it has mm-hmm. amazing and the gameplay is very fast-paced like mm-hmm. it meets it has like that like, like super smash brothers meets like um rogue legacy 2 kind of gameplay that mm-hmm. i really enjoy and man like doesn't really even have a story it's just like straight mm-hmm. action gameplay that's so amusing it's so fun
1: yeah. And uh, that's one that I'm waiting for the other consoles to show up. I don't want to play that on switch and I don't want to play it on my laptop. So that's kind of why I didn't jump there. And there's my dog like always, but, uh, and I feel it. It also feels like a game pass get also, you know, it feels like the kind of game that Microsoft will, as soon as, as soon as they announce like the all, other ports, they're going to jump on that. So, and uh, I'm also waiting on Silk Song because I don't understand why it's taking them so long to release the sequel to Hollow Knight. And that was going to be also on Game Pass. And they just recently announced that, yeah, we probably was going to be in the first half of the year. Uh, something happened. It's going to be probably for the next half, but don't count on it. So, just such a mess. But um, before we dive into Jedi, Survey real quick, uh, another game that I started playing weirdly was uh, Mortal Kombat 9. This was the one that came out in 2011, actually, because I bought it recently at the uh, the Facebook marketplace for like 10 (laughs) bucks and because I know it's backwards compatible on Xbox, but it's not digital and I have a Series S and they removed there used to be a digital version of that game and then WB for some reason decided to delist it, like they delist a bunch of games so I can only play a disc and I don't have a Series X, so I couldn't, so I was like, my ps3 is still plugged in for some reason, but I have it there because there's still some games and I like I'm, I'm very old school Like eventually I always get the mood to want to play something old and I last played this game back on uh, during During a ps now period when I was trying ps now and I just wanted to try it and uh This is my first time like playing it natively and it's, it's like even though that franchise has seen some evolutions since 2011, especially with the Injustice games and Mortal Kombat 10 and even Mortal Kombat 11, like going back to the other one, to seeing that this was the moment where Netherrealm wanted to uh, turn the perception around Mortal Kombat that had just been going downhill during the PS2, Xbox era, so how big were you in Mortal Kombat, Sebastian?
0: I'm alright. Um, I've I've played quite a few of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't really played. I haven't played a Mortal Kombat game in years at this no. point. But like, I I enjoy the hype of it. I mm-hmm. enjoy the concept of yeah. it. But like, yeah, this really- it's one
1: of the rare franchises that gets so much hype just by releasing. Just mm-hmm. look how, how much hype there was with Mortal Kombat One just like two weeks ago. That's coming out later this year. But uh, yeah, like during the PS2, because I remember it was the it was the Mortal Kombat. Uh, Deadly Alliance, Mortal Kombat Deception, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, Shaolin Monks, it was like most of them were good but like the cashier of Mortal Kombat had been like they were they were not being respected as fighting games and the reboot that came on PS3 and 360 in 2011 which is this one which is technically reboot reboot but not they just call it Mortal Kombat everyone calls it Mortal Kombat 9 this was like them starting like giving a, a fresh uh a new number one in comic book terms but everything's still like that before is still like canon. This was like mm-hmm. the beginning of that and then 9, 10, 11, like from a story perspective actually made they, they made some strides in narrative to actually now they are the benchmarks for in fighting games for people that don't want to like do competitives and God knows I'm not because I'm not that technical <laughs> but being able to do like having a reason to engage with the game like as a like from a single player perspective it started here and especially now that we got Mortal Kombat 1, like in the far off, I kinda wanted to like replay all the Nether Nether Realm games. So that in right now when I'm in this limbo currently after having finished Tears of the Kingdom, which you can read my review over at seasongame.com. Like if you already heard all my praises in the show about that game, I don't need to like belabor the point. I'll just have to say that the ending is one of the coolest endings I've ever seen in the game. Shockingly. Uh I don't think you're ever gonna see it because it's like a long game, Sebastian, but until it's like when it comes to scale and all that, as I was like, Oh, I thought Ragnarok had that in the bag, and here comes a contender. So, because if you remember the Ragnarok section of God of War Ragnarok, I was like big in in spectacle. I was like, Zelda attempt something like that, and I was like, okay, and then I was not expecting that. But but yeah, so I'm currently gonna keep playing Final Fantasy XV and Mortal Kombat 9 as I wait for Street Fighter VI that comes out tomorrow which I have to go pre-order it. Actually, <laughs> I just got the money for Paul because he wants to pre-order real bonuses and then Diablo. As I then wait for Final Fantasy sixteen that gets... was a tease that they, we might get a demo on the 11th. Yeah. And I just hope it's one of those Square Enix-style demos that progress carries over to the main game. Hopefully I would love... So. Yeah. Because I don't like playing... Like it's, That was my big problem with the Forspoken demo. That was the first... Diablo right now. Ah. Huh?
0: Or, or Diablo. Or Diablo. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that not, not, nothing progressed. So it's like... And they give you so much content, but it's like, why would you want to burn yourself out with that content? If you know all of that is going to be wiped out, like my uh, my EIC Ains who reviewed Diablo Diablo 4 for our site. Uh, he spent 70, 80 hours on that game and that mm-hmm. and, and all that is going to be wiped out.
2: That's that, crazy, isn't it's it? It's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy.
1: I think it's a testament, it says that he wouldn't mind doing all of that again, because he enjoyed that game that much, but I have a very different psychology, like, it's very different, like, for I see betas and all that, I just want to see it, how it looks, how it feels, I'm like, cool, I like this, I'm out, I don't want to burn myself out, I learned, I learned the hard lesson over playing the Final Fantasy 7 remake demo three years ago, I played it and replayed it and replayed it because it was so good, and then when the game came out, I was like, oh, it's the same section, and I didn't play it for, like, a month after it came out because I was, like, I was so tired of it, so... But yes, but Jedi Survivor, Sebastian, so Jedi. this, yeah, so this game was like, you started playing it early on, like when it came out of launch. And then, of course, because you get many codes from different developers, you have to like be, uh, you have to like put your effort into covering the games that, that they were giving you. And of course, like early on, this game was a little undercut, like it came in hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PS5 version, not as much as the Xbox version. You you played on Xbox Series X. Me, I played on PS5. You had you suffered some crashes early on, so you are like, "I'm gonna wait a little bit," uh, just for like transparency. You have been telling me, it, telling me and Paul that there has been a really interesting year for you in like the AAA space because like a lot of like the big games that have been like so celebrated are not like the kind of game that like really connects with you.
2: No, and no, yeah. they,
1: like 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 in the like you understand like the praise was getting like the Resident Evils, the Zeldas, the uh that spaces obviously you tried Resident Evil 47 and I feel that didn't last long. <laughs> 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 so remember what we talk about when I guess it on your show. Yeah. Uh, but then so so then I was like, wait, have you played have you finished Survivor? And you said you haven't, and me and Paul were like, Oh, do it. Like play it. This is like you that your, your most anticipated game this year is Spider Man. I was like, if you want that kind of fix now, play a Survivor. Was I mm-hmm. wrong?
0: No, you wouldn't. Um, <laughs> you were absolutely right. Um, going with uh, like what you were saying earlier, like uh, to elaborate further, like I'm not, um, this game, this year in video games, at least up to this point, has been vastly like, vastly a great year for AAA games. But a uh, AAA games that are in the the survival horror space are mm-hmm. like games like Zelda, which is a lot, which is arguably a puzzle game first, and mm-hmm. a, a, yeah, yeah a, no, puzzle game,
1: sur- yeah, puzzle game, survival second, uh and adventure third so yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i'm not super huge into puzzle games i know i talked about playing a this thing mm-hmm. ago but like it's those are simple
1: as... it's like if, if it's like inside it makes sense because yeah. it has puzzles but they're simple like there's a lot of ingenuity that you have to find and sell that so that makes sense why that yeah. That didn't quite click with you, especially since you are, didn't grow up with the with the franchise either. So
0: no, and it's mm-hmm. more linear puzzles as well. Like mm-hmm. it's like the the style of puzzles, like it has one complete goal and one like real application on how you complete that goal. Versus mm-hmm. like Tears of the Kingdom, like you can complete like a shrine in any way you possibly see fit. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> and and it's great it's like mm-hmm. your imagination is like you're like a green lantern in that world mm-hmm. it's like you're only limited by your god
1: oh my god it, he, here's what's so funny you get a power if you go to the if you go to t, to the depths the
0: depths yeah to the
1: depths and you find like the main like, like the main mine that's where you can find like an auto build which is basically the green lantern construct of constructing everything that that's you have why ever I built
0: it. that's, why I <laughs> that's so funny it. <laughs> I've, I've still been playing tears of kingdom off yeah. and on um just uh make mm-hmm. sure i like don't have an uninformed opinion of Mm-hmm. of that game and stuff yeah. like that but like- and, and I'll
1: tell you it's like uh, now that we're like in the afterglow of like everyone like to me it's like one of my favorite games ever if not the top like I'm trying to give it time because you know sometimes you can get like in the you can be yeah, like the in, the, the in the heat of the moment but yeah. I know for sure this one resonated with me in a way that Breath of the Wild didn't because I got gaming depression afterwards you know kind of like when you're done you're like Man, that was so good. I wasn't ready for that man. Like nothing feels that like... and the last time a game did that to me was God of War 2018 So so that's why like I knew that but I still want to like Wait a little bit to see like if i'm still feeling that after Glo- for calling my favorite But I know for sure it's in my top 10, but I know there's like don't feel bad for... I know like it's not clicking with you like the way the internet is like clicking But it's like that's the beauty with gaming is like the... everyone's gold. It's gonna be every... someone else's silver and vice versa, you know, you, you, you know what
0: yeah, I, mean? I know that. Yeah. So. so, yeah, that's what uh so like, so, yeah, back to the point of everything. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's the way I was feeling about this year so far. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone was eating and I was, you know, like, I had... <laughs> you, were, you, you were Squidward. No, you're
1: yeah. like, you're the Squidward meme. It's like you're like looking by the blinds and you're seeing every, the whole world being SpongeBob and Patrick having fun outside. Yeah. And you're just like, they're being like, why? Why not me? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly,
0: uh... exactly. It's just not the games of my genre. Even Mm -hmm. the the games of my genre that came out, such as like Fire Emblem Engage and Mm -hmm. such as that, like it wasn't Fire Emblem Three Houses, Mm -hmm. and you know, like it wasn't like a narrative based Fire Emblem game. It was more so like, hey, these this is like a celebration of the history of Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. And I only played the I only played three. So that's
1: not so that's not going to like compute at all. And and on top of that, uh, because you big like one of our bigger episodes this year like when you came in for hogwarts legacy
2: yeah
1: and 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 exactly that was like you know like you being like big harry potter fan like you're that preventing you from like really like really enjoying like seeing how they were taking liberties with the license compared to exactly. someone like me that loved the look of it mm-hmm. the production quality of it but when i finished it then i was like yeah i understand why people are that hard fans of me that i know the movies would have take some issues with the liberties they take with the license so another like another example <laughs> so.
0: it is it is mm-hmm. and you know like it's a, it is just to that fact of like if in star wars you know like you're they took some liberties with lightsabers mm-hmm. or like with the rules of the force or anything like that you know it, it rubs it rubs people the wrong way and mm-hmm. it, it's like you know like i i think that's a credit to jedi survivor and to bring it back to Jedi survivor mm-hmm. is like it feels like it is born in the star wars universe it feels like it
1: respects the rules it, like, for real. It's like it's this doesn't do the last Jedi hold on maneuver like at all. No. Even though there is a section, the best section of the game that it may feel like that, but it makes sense on the lore that you understand. If you understand anything about a certain group of characters that was introduced in clone Wars, <laughs> that you do that, do you understand that's how it will look for them? So it's like it was just you visualizing how it looks, how those characters move. And but even then like just totally Sir so Jedi Survivor just like understand like what makes the Star Wars story tick yeah it knows know. how, to, how to be serious it knows how to uh you it know it, it knows how to like have fun some of the mm. characters you meet here i mean turgle come on like, your turgle is so amazing by the voice by invader Sim by the guy that does the voice for invader sim mm-hmm. also it's like a it's like a and cal's story like they just felt. yeah so, so so heartfelt and uh there is one section, and let me for anyone listening. I'm gonna timestamp this because uh, obviously me and Paul already gave our big say about Jedi Survivor. That was our favorite game of the year before Zelda came out for both of us. But I still stand that it, like, outside of the Nintendo side, like this was my favorite game, of, like the big games that so far could come out so far. And uh, I feel like a lot of the big moments that can be talked about this game are kind of like spoiler, spoiler related. So I'm gonna like do just a tiny gonna put it in the description of like when you can skip uh, skip ahead but uh yeah we're gonna talk a few some spoilers here with sebastian since he's beating it sounds good so when you texted that you were feeling like uh that that bode the big character that's like your companion (laughs) here was like snitch and, and me and Paul literally went to our own private chat we were like god damn it he really figured it out didn't he because because that, that be, here's the thing like for Paul it caught him completely off guard to oh, me really? yeah to me it was like the last night when they were like all celebrating and he was asking mm-hmm. too many questions that's when I was like something's up here something's mm-hmm. up here and then obviously the thing happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: when that happened did that still hit you or did you feel really small like I figured it out I called it
0: no, no, I, you know, like I told you kind of like, I think it was like whenever, um, I can't remember the moment, but, um, it was like kind of early on. Whenever, he put a like, tracker
1: in your, in your thing?
0: Yeah, whenever he handed you like a beacon to, like you handed him a beacon to find you. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, he found us really quick on like the, the planet with, um, I can't Jedi. remember the, yeah, Jedi mm-hmm. with, um, with, um, in you know, Cordoba
1: like, and, uh, and, uh, Sir?
0: yeah like he found us really quick and then i was thinking to myself i'm like oh that was too quick and then all of a sudden things just started to happen where the empire were showing up in little places to where mm-hmm. like they weren't previously like when and i was just like oh, okay like the empire is more and more frequently appearing mm-hmm. why is that and i was just like oh it didn't happen until like bode started showing up as well and that mm-hmm. kind of led, led me to think i was just like okay like if i'm writing this it's like if i'm writing this and that's how i always think about like narrative Mm -hmm. games i was like as a writer myself i'm like what would i do and i was like
1: the checkup got the checkup gone scenario (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah it's either like okay so bode has to either be the turncoat or like one of his old allies is the turncoat because like they because like different circumstances they've Mm -hmm. turned well i was just like okay so far i'm not getting anything different other than like the night sister and her like in her gravitational pull of her story is like growth is one of like mm-hmm. i had to step away in order for me to grow okay so that's natural mm-hmm. then i came back to bode and i was just like okay everything he says doesn't necessarily add up mm-hmm. it's like okay what okay so he has a daughter where would he leave his daughter if he's on the run for the empire mm-hmm. and and that's where i started thinking i was just like he's not gonna leave his little girl with uh, with like and you he's not gonna leave them with the rebels they're in just as much danger and i was just like where's the only safe place for a child in in this universe mm-hmm. it's with the empire and when i just thought about that line of thought i was just like she's with the empire the whole entire time and he's basically snitch and mm-hmm. and that's how like the and that's how the story kind of plays out but like that's how i initially thought about it like because uh. i even paused the game and i was just like something's not adding up with uh. both yeah yeah I, the jedi thing threw me off though I yes.
1: oh yeah oh, oh yeah and and that's the thing like to me like when that happened you know kind of what i was thinking was happening at first was that you saw like when you're fighting uh D- uh dagon uh Dad and Gera, and mm-hmm. you you go through like the 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 kind of like arkham stuff like going into <laughs> the mind you're going into the mind like while you're battling him kind of part of me was ha- was wondering if like uh if Dagan had pulled had pulled one on us and that he had killed Dagon, and he was like using force, like the force to kind of like trick us into thinking into thinking he had survived because he had the sword. But no, it was like if you go back, that uh, both stayed before. He was like, I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I'll, I'll catch up. Yeah, just give me a second. So it makes sense that he would get the he, he would get the lightsaber. Uh, the lightsaber from there. So, but I feel like even though it, yes. You'd that out makes me even Yeah, it's probably predictable. I feel the way it still plays out is still surprising. Like some of the events that happened in that moment, uh, him, him killing Eno Cordova, like that mm-hmm. happens inside, in, in, and then the the big like secret, which is that you get a big sequence where you play a seer, yeah, in, like, in, 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 in like a big uh, in, in that big siege, and then the big climactic battle with Darth Vader, which I'll tell you because I said this to Paul, I enjoy the fight, it's tough. I, it was like it, it, it took me four tries to beat him because it's like that dude was rough like it, part of me feels like ah you use vader again you know kind of like you were talking we talked about when i i guessed it on on on, on your show when we talked about Jedi Fallen fall in order yeah. five, uh like in 2023 and what, were, what our thoughts were like the vader moment to me was like such an amazing moment and Jedi Fallen fall in order is such a like a like a big hype that heightened that game that him showing up here was like um oh, you could have hold whole i don't know i don't know it was like i didn't feel the same hype like seeing no. him again it would just felt like oh it's again here and uh and uh and the way that he kills you seems it seemed a little cheap in a way because it's like you completely like beat him even though a seer had already told Beatty yeah i'll be behind you i'll escape you but then suddenly she decides to like give the killing blow and it just so happens that vader had like the lightsaber just ready to to just mm-hmm. start when, when she was coming in so it was like And then when you think about the fact that around the same time vader went through obi-wan like this like like this game syncs up with the obi-wan tv show so did vader really like get beat twice once by obi-wan and then by and then by uh by by seer that to me is like me that likes the idea that vader in this time period is like this uh magnetic terrifying presence that Rarely gets beaten that to me feel felt a little wrong like I let go of the fact that Ahsoka in Rebels and Obi-Wan in his show like beat Vader because they're people that know him but when others beat him it just felt weird, but the emotional impact of what happens afterwards oh, like, amazing absolutely. amazing like 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 uh, like, how, like f- sensing everything that happened through the th- through the force mm-hmm. and and carrying her was like that hit so hard and everything after that game that became so focused on him trying to find revenge on both and what it meant for him to like fall into the dark side. I feel Jedi for uh, Jedi Survivor is one of the greatest representations in Star Wars media when it comes to like having a Jedi succumb to the dark side outside of Darth Vader and with, I, even, and with even more nuance. Than I what think I'm was.
0: gonna take it a step further. I think this is lining up to be one of the best trilogies in oh, yeah. all of Star Wars. Oh, yes. Please.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. especially if the third game that it's obviously coming, it's of the same quality. It's like no contest. Like this oh, will yeah. be like the best trilogy we've gotten since the 80- since nineteen eighty three with Return of the Jedi. I um, think I
0: might even challenge that because, like, I you know, I look at like. A new hope and such like that and i think like if it and i know one's a video game one's a movie but i think if you made a movie version of like jedi fallen order like a lot of people and if you did it tip for tap with like the way the game interprets it i feel like that movie can challenge a new hopes it could it, it
1: could it would be the ones that finally challenges the original trilogy that are always in in such a pedestal yeah especially exactly. because uh I love Return of the Jedi, but I feel Return of the Jedi is kind of like the weakest of those three movies of mm-hmm. New Hope, Empire, and Return of Jedi. It's like the highs of Return of the Jedi are so high. Uh, Throne Room is like God tier. Ewoks <laughs> brings it brings, brings it down. Like a, the Java the Hot, like uh, heist of Han Solo yeah. and all that. It, t- it takes a little too long. So it's like uh, Return of the Jedi has like those high highs, but also has its low lows compared to the other ones. So eventually the third game nails it with this like yeah, yeah, just a, just a story alone it's like that's still to me like in the triple level jedi survivor this year is the best story
0: oh yeah it, it, it could
1: yeah. easily be beaten by everything that's coming out soon i feel that spider-man later this year just just on track record alone could yeah. be the one could be the one at least in the triple a level but yeah it's like uh the ending i so this here's how i describe like the the jedi survivor ending it's like compared mm-hmm. to the last one it feels quote-unquote anticlimactic but it's perfect for this game
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah it's a, I, epic, because it's like that so.
1: it's like the like the long gunslinger like western you getting revenge over something that happened and not having to be this grand thing it's just that that intimate moment and that intimacy is felt when you then see the funeral at mm-hmm. the end and then you hear like the more solemn way of the of the vader of, of the vader um the Vader funeral music from Return of the Jedi and you see it play in this game, but like in a more like in a more like somber tone mm-hmm. and then that whole thing of like Kyle like staring the way everything's like Fast-forwarding around. It's just like such a perfect representation of grief and it is and how like and where he leaves him He is now he has the dark side in him and you keep it using does. it So it's like he's finally a gray Jedi. This is what we were hoping they were teasing when Ray in Last Jedi just kind of like that whole interaction with Kylo Ren, and then they eventually just chickened out at the end with that movie. I feel this game like actually committed to the bit. Uh, it it does of, of, of putting the character there, and that's why like, to me is like it's such a such an incredible Star Wars story that uh, having experienced it around the same time that I finally got to watch Andor, I'm like, man, it's like it feels nice getting this kind of more mature, but obviously not adult, but like like more serious, kind of like more pensive. Uh, more thought-provoking Star Wars stories in, in in the medium, especially at a time where the Star Wars, as a uh, like as a franchise right now, is so hit and miss, like for many people. So, it yeah. is, it
0: is, and you know, like the crazy thing to me is, like I I want to ask you like a couple of questions while mm-hmm. we're on this subject. I you know like. I feel like the the game taking it a step back all Mm -hmm. the way to the beginning did a really cool cool like service for people by doing a time skip from I Fallen Order. Absolutely, yeah. It is not set after the immediate events; it's like years later. And I feel like us being able to catch up to where Cal's been and where the rest of the crew has been like added to the flavor of the story. Versus like it's so
1: important, so important for Star Wars to get time jumps that was the problem of force awakens to the last jedi it happens minutes after mm-hmm. and because it's a trilogy then the next movie jumps ahead a year but there's like not much story there when you do that when you do the time skips there's always kind of like the inferred background that you get from uh from like with the story that's presented and that's intriguing because it's like it, it creates a sense of mystery what happened to him it's like why did they separate and like this game's like slowly seeing how the mantis crew kind of like Started going their separate ways, even though there's like this one of the problems here is the fact that there was actually a novelization that's actually canon. Uh Mm-mm. Jedi Battle Scars that came out. So there is story there that's kind of like canonical that it's inferred here, like what happened to Greece with his arm. Yeah. That was like put in that, that was put in that book. But that's the beauty. You need to do time skips with Star Wars, like you need those time skips because that's where the richness comes from, and how you can keep furthering, uh expanding things. Like, I hope the next game is also a time skip. Imagine if like a both, both daughter now is like grown up, and we Are see least like a what teenager. At, yeah. at least a teenager that it's clear she has the force in her, and it's like that was such an like even though we had heard about the daughter getting to meet the daughter, is like was so huge at emphasizing that Bode really wasn't a villain, he really wasn't. Oh. It, it's it's like it's like in the greatness, it's like he was a good guy that worked for the good guys that had to like fend for himself and the family when everything went to crap. And even still, like everything he was doing, he was doing for his family. So, like from his perspective, you understand why he was doing it. Even though he then he got so caught up on that that instead of uh, accepting that he did it wrong, he doubled down and fought you and Marin at the end. Even at the behest of his daughter, saying "Don't do it." <laughs> so
0: you know like they it it reminds me of two sayings in the in the world it's like uh the road to the road to heaven is pay uh like the road to hell is paid by good intentions
1: intentions. yeah (laughs) yeah
0: that that's one of the the phrases that reminds me of and then it's like we are always the heroes in our own story Mm -hmm. because to him bode is just like he's a father willing to protect his daughter at all costs Mm -hmm. it's like for him like cal uh, even though like it was an obstacle who later became a friend who then became the villain that's preventing him from actually protecting his daughter because mm-hmm. like in a way you know like boat's not wrong in mm-hmm. the way of in the sense that where like if the hidden path like use this new hidden planet to basically you know like be one of their saving points one of the one of their like havens so to speak it's not mm-hmm. too much longer before the empire like infiltrates that yeah boat's not wrong it's just like bode's logic and the way he executed his plan is evil
1: exactly so that's and and that's kind of again the brilliance of this game's story is that you can read those shades of gray like uh jedi fallen order was a little bit more broad in the in 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 the strokes that he was painting even though he started getting into the philosophy of like the failures and successes of the jedi order like near the end that was kind of like he was attempting to try to um Paint more than what it was initially attempting and that was appreciated But I feel like Jedi survivor takes that even further, in in, in almost every facet So and they set the bar high It's like this was this really was a leap it, This game really was an absolute leap in quality from the last one Obviously it launched unfortunately even with its seven-week del- its six-week delay it launching with those technical issues It was unfortunate what it did to the discourse initially especially around the pc version because the underlying game inside like what like within this is like such a really massive good. improvement over the last one especially like, after we had just played jedi fallen order recently and getting to experience this one immediately it's like you felt the leap you absolutely felt it's, it's one of those leaps and uh i'm pretty sad that just like similar to horizon that gets overshadowed it's so funny like this this year's horizon content which we actually ever had the single player experience we you and i talked about mm-hmm. um uh burning shores immediately got overshadowed by this game and then immediately this game got overshadowed by, by Zelda the same way as Zelda overshadowed Horizon. I feel like this especially after everyone snobbed Jedi Fallen Norder from Game of the Year last time because it came out at the cutoff time for over the game awards. Mm-hmm. So it was like everyone just like decided to not like include it. That's why it's so funny you mentioned about it, uh Untitled Goose game winning game of the year. <laughs> that was the year because there was like no clear game of the year So for some reason that one developers really gravitated towards that one for some reason uh, over yeah. at over, over at the dice awards, but um but yeah I feel like this is a I really hope that when by the time we come to like game of the year tallying I hope people don't forget Jedi survivor
0: Respawn, I, I hope like, it's more varied than just like it's able to away with most of the categories because yeah. like well, I, I, I can acknowledge that a lot of, like, the the people who vote for Game of the Year in mm-hmm. the, you know, games media is probably going to lean heavily towards Zelda for Game of the Year. Yeah. It's like, I, Zel, like, there are a lot of different games that do a lot of different things better than Zelda across the board. It's, it's
1: like we happen, I think, I, I hope it's like what happened last year with Game of the Year that
0: Ragnarok, R- yeah, because
1: know? that's the thing, like, Ragnarok won a lot except the big one like because ragnarok did graphics better than elden ring did story better than elden ring soundtrack debatable because i really don't oh, the, no. the, 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 the
0: know
1: no, here, here's the thing like knowing the things that i know you didn't get to elden ring because of mm-hmm. because i know because when i when i knew you didn't beat stars course that's when i knew that you were missing so much that mm-hmm. you didn't see that was even more epic it's like I feel that goes to penalties, but the Bear McCreary is also got amazing soundtracks. Some of the, especially the Ragnarok theme, amaze, uh, like amazing accessibility, obviously that was gonna win. But then like, kind of like why I was telling you that, quite like, um, even though Ragnarok winning all of that didn't win this, ta- this time around, was that um, the thing that impressed people back in 2018 was that Ragnarok eliminated the stigma that a very cinematic story heavy open world game can't play well. Uh, because yeah, because that was uh when Last of Us was winning the game of the year, it was like it was being crowned for being the closest uh a game has like emulated Hollywood. At that time it was more impressive. The more like the industry started to lean that way to production values and all of that, everyone er, there was always like, oh, they're just movies that you play. That was always kinda like the uh the criticism they wanted to throw at that kind of game. Um they debatable, debatable. To- here's the thing, Uncharted I don't it, I don't think Uncharted really plays that well, but everything around it is oh, so wow. good. No, 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 for real. Like I feel the only one that actually plays really well are the last. Are it's Lost Legacy.
0: I can get
1: that. And so no. the, the the later ones, the later ones. Oh so. yo,
0: Okay, so three, four and Lost Legacy are the ones you think. You're so playing. four,
1: four, four, and uh, Lost Legacy are the ones that, from a gameplay perspective, I feel you can feel a little bit of a better leap, but it's still not the. You don't play those games for the gameplay. You know what I mean? Oh so like, man, I so, think those
0: games are really good gameplay, especially the rope mechanics and the way you like stealth through things. Oh, yeah, so but
1: bad. there's so much also so much downtime within those within the, within that game. So it's not like, a, I would even argue going back to Uncharted 2 and 3, are, there's like more quick action because those games are shorter, but mechanically mm-hmm. those games are inferior. So, and what, what I love most about Lost Legacy is it's tightness. It allows you to get an equal dose of exploration and combat compared to like something like for that there's so much of that game that is just climbing around, rope around, even the rope mechanics fun, especially when in, in the comment sections, like that game actually takes its time. So mm-hmm. but God of War was the one where you can actually recommend it. like there's a really good story here, but also the gameplay is like shockingly solid for the kind of game it is. That's why one game of the year there. But the further we're got we have gone from that, I feel like now now that people are getting, even though people praise production value, people praise storytelling, people praise all of that, they're still rewarding it. It's like what people are looking for is like what's the next quote-unquote evolution, and that's yeah. kind of like what, and, that, and that's kind of where we go into game design, uh, kind of perspective, and that's why Elden Ring won last year, and that's why Zelda right now it's carrying the baton. We'll see with because people forget this, uh, a Zelda game came out in 2011. Why one game of the year that year? Skyrim because that game revolutionized open worlds back then
0: so i hope starfield is like that you know i have my doubts but i I have my doubts because based
1: on the current bethesda's track record but again it's like sell that releasing in a single year doesn't mean it automatically wins game of the year breath of the Wild was the only time that that went like one unanimous based on how that game like. caught the industry by Storm, and remember, I love Tears of the Kingdom, I think Breath of the Wild's overrated. I'm the one, I'm that one, <laughs> so it's like, even back then it's like, I and I know that for a fact because I beat that game and I didn't feel the same way I felt after I beat this latest one, so that's why I know that to me it wasn't like, I t- I praise it for bringing back exploration, bringing back like kind of like authorship into how you explore it in the games, because a few games take that. Elden Ring took that, it's like, when you see Elden Ring, then you can see, yeah, it's like, they they got inspired by this. You can trace it where like, where the seed was planted, and now you're seeing some other gamers trying to uh, get that. Go to Sushima. I feel like it's the most Ubisoft U- y game, you open world re- in recent times that actually takes the lessons of Breath of the Wild in a way that works. Because it's like a lot of fog, like you're actually exploring it. it. Is like you actually, it's like you use the world to navigate it. The wind and all that. It's like diegetic. It's like Ubisoft games are not diegetic. You need the maps, or if not, you're gonna get lost. It's like it, that. That's like thoughtful game design. So that's why I feel like uh, um, I feel games this year, like bringing it back to game of the year. Uh, this uh, I know for sure. this can be bad sell that. I tell you, I'm, I'm pointing it here. It's not going to win best story. It's not going to be, win best graphics. It's not going to win anything in regards to any presentation. Not even accessibility. But bad. when it comes to like the big one, I feel this one just on the on the whole, like what critics want is like, what's next for gaming? Like What's the next game design leap? This is the one that I look, and uh, I hope other games are able to like, on top of uh, showing what game design can do, on top of that have like the great story and the visuals. Because I know that uh, it, what makes you struggle on top of the puzzle elements of Tears of the Kingdom, especially you being Killmonger, be like, is this your king? The, like, when, <laughs> no, you, when, when you're when, about yeah, that. yeah, yeah, when you when you tweeted that, it's like I understand, especially when I know uh, some of the things that complete the experience for you is like you. And also knowing that you're also bouncing between that one and seeing the Predator games back and forth, I know you noticed the downgrade in visual quality. Like, but not focusing just in, in Tears of the Kingdom, but playing something in the in the newer machines. So that makes sense because it's like the the surface level, like bells and whistles, are not there in Tears of the Kingdom. They're simply not because they can't. It's a it's the, the hardware's old. The fact that it runs at all and it's even as big as it is is the miracle in itself. But uh, but but still like. I'm really hoping kind of here's the hope that people don't disregard story, that people don't disregard like the uh how beautiful things can happen, but to understand that what gamers really want on top of that is like you're not gonna like win gamers over just by being pretty anymore. I feel like the game itself also has to be something uh that can really uh inspire the imaginations of gamers so that on top of being like running so smooth, because again, like uh, Horizon Burning Shore is, like, ob- objectively, the better-looking game than uh, the, the, the than Tears of the Kingdom. It's like, that's fact. That's just objective fact. But it's still, like, uh, Tears of the Kingdom so, like, triple the time of, in, in short amount because, like, for many gamers, like, they don't care much about, like, oh, this looks old and all uh, lot. As long as it's on play. If, if a game's unplayable, people are going to let people know about that. Look at Redfall, which we're going to talk about a little later. But it's like, as long as, like, the game design, like, inspires, like, a level of imagination or feels like something that feels like gaming is taking steps forward. I feel that's the thing that developers have to focus more going forward on top of it because right now so many games are so pretty. It's rare you get a game on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X that looks like absolute trash. The recent times, just in this last month, we got two. uh, Redfall and uh, (laughs) Golem. Those are like, those are the rare exceptions. Those are rare exceptions for like in, in those machines, those are unacceptable. Like those games are unacceptable for it to for them to play out and run like they did. <laughs> so.
0: yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack with what you just said there. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I in the game of the year thing. Hopefully, like people do have like a little bit of standards when it comes to like like you said story Mm -hmm. um visual quality like narration um Mm -hmm. sound design because like i where whereas like zelda's like music is pretty good Mm -hmm. i'll admit that it's just like it i don't necessarily know if it like has the the scale of like i I guess you say theatrical scale of like jedi survivor yes
1: uh there's some elements parts that i know for sure you haven't got to yet like the big thing that i told you that like, when i got all the tears and the thing that was revealed there was like such a holy car that's one of the coolest story moments i ever experienced in the game but those yeah. are they are hidden they're they're fleeting where whereas other games are more like that's underlying because their focus is being hollywood it's like trying to make the cinematic presentation in a video game as they can so that's why other games to me do that better
0: so it, you know like and i guess one of the things that oh, kind of opened my eyes about this a little bit more is planet of lana as well because mm-hmm. i play a lot of indie games and i a lot of indie games you know have hit or miss like some have no story at all mm-hmm. but then some do have like a magnificent tr- almost triple a level story and like recently playing of lana features a heartfelt narrative where there's not any dialogue very mm-hmm. similar to, to, to link in mm-hmm. that regards it's like main character didn't really speak very much mm-hmm. but the way that that main character emotes like puts Link to shame the way mm-hmm. like the way that character feels the burden of everything The way that character feels lost and such like that. Yeah, Link.
1: because uh, in Planet of Line, I bet it's like kind of like uh, they're using that to like Establish that character Whereas Link from the first game in, the, yeah, in 1986 he's to this you. He's, he's, you, he's, you, he, he's a reflection of you. Exactly. So yeah,
0: I get mm-hmm. I get it It is using that to put a character over mm-hmm. but on the same point is just like this character, like, they don't even tell you the character's name in Planet of Life. Mm-hmm. It's almost a reflection of you as mm-hmm. a, as that character. What would you do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. So, I'm like, it's an, it, you know, like, I, I do feel like Sears of the Kingdom right now gets a Nintendo bump, so to speak, because, like, there is, oh, a th-
1: Yeah, because uh, the Nintendo bump is in the fact that um it's easy it, you can easily hand wave a, lo- a bunch of stuff like some technical problems but here's the thing like that from a technical perspective it's still more solid than even a game like redfall in recent times and the fact that that game in 140 hours never crashed that's incredible for especially for a game, jedi survivor you needed your first experience that game was crashing and that game yeah. crashed to me twice it's like there's like a level of um yes nintendo can sometimes get overpriced, and, and i know for sure they have gotten overpriced. in fact i feel like people weren't hard enough on Pokemon last year.
0: No, they, no, they yeah. skirted it off just because it was like, oh, okay, man, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is an anomaly. we're just gonna let them have it. It's like, mm-hmm. they skirted that off, but like, going back to Tears of the Kingdom here is like, I'm, you know, I have this in my background right now, mm-hmm. if you're looking at Tears of the Kingdom photos, mm-hmm. No one's calling this gorgeous. Like, no one's yeah. gonna call this gorgeous. Here's the thing,
1: I... depending. Uh, from an artistic perspective, it has a picturesque quality in some spots. You can go to my review, I actually took some screenshots that I personally feel like from a screenshot perspective is beautiful, but sometimes from moment to moment, there's a blandness to king to, to some areas of Tears of the Kingdom that no one's gonna say these are the best graphics of the year. If someone tells you that they're not,
2: Object- no, Yeah, it is like, it's like if someone tells you, yeah,
1: exactly. So from an art from an art direction, I feel it's like it carry it, it makes it a lot for it to not be a bad looking game but it's not the best looking game but yeah. again it's like. but again it's like when you see it's kind of like what I tweeted at you and you quote it and and you kind of- quote tweeted me on that it's like uh, obviously not to dunk and all that no, uh, yeah when we, when I told you about it like look read what people are actually like praising yeah, specifically yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like I definitely for sure is like you never see anyone saying this is the prettiest game ever no. this is the best no. story ever it's like and it's kind of like what I told you uh, when we had that conversation after we recorded last week, uh, mm-hmm. when we were talking about this game. I wish we had recorded because it was actually an interesting conversation. Hopefully you were not too starving from <laughs> Chick-fil-A that time because you needed to go eat, but we yeah, just kind of sure. got got into it. It's like it's definitely like the game design of Tears of the Kingdom is the one that really is like the one standout of the package that is so like impressive to me. That's kind of where it's getting its flowers but it's for sure not getting its flowers on anything else. Like, the no. story the, the story I will say, like as someone that has played all the Zelda games is probably my favorite after like, I hit all those moments. Like it has like some of the most cool, especially, and now I understand a little bit is like, this game is not following a through line from any Zeldas, but it plays on your expectations of what the usual tropes are and how they subvert those. And then has some moments that you're like, wow, I couldn't believe a Zelda game could be like this epic in some times, like in, in, in some specific moments but i still not gonna say it's the best story of the year it has some of the coolest moments but again is it the, there's nuance there but i tell you i'm gonna like i gave this game. by the way people i reviewed this here i gave this game a 10 over at uh, over at season gaming mm-hmm. yeah i still like i didn't give a tense to the technical proficiency i didn't like i i called those things out i feel from game design this is a game that i'm so curious to see how developers respond to and they put the bells and whistles that the other ones are not are known for that um there are developers that we know do great storytelling, that do great production value, that they do great uh, everything that makes a game look like from the surface, like so cool. How could they make a game in game design uh, even more malleable than we already is? Like less static, less uh, like less. Um, how can how, how can I say this? Uh, I would I don't want to say stale because saying something is stale. is like an insult. <laughs> I feel I, I, feel I like understand because I would say what you but, but, but yes, yeah, so it's a game that it's insane to me like seeing, um, like Tears of the Kingdom has the malleability of a Fortnite and a Minecraft and a Goat Simulator games that that's uh,
0: exactly what I was gonna say next. I was it, like, yeah. it feels like they just took elements from all those like creative games and just put it in an open world. And that and and, and
1: that's and that's the thing, like, look how those games operate because those games can only work because the games are intentionally janky, they have to be that way because they're allowing things because they have to allow things to be as malleable as they can the fact that the game is allowed to be this malleable with tears of the kingdom in a way that feels congruent with even like it's designed even though it's like it's something feel like it's not like some like we're talking about the shrines like how do you resolve some of them you're like i mean, was i supposed to do it like that and the game just let me that's crazy because that's like the amount of man hours like, it, these are the kind of things that you sometimes go to the seams of games and that's what cra- crashes the games completely like break scripting, there's actually a moment in Jedi Survivor that, when you're in the jungles, that if you use a power that lets you, like, attacks an enemy that blasts you through the world, the the game stops and be like, you broke the game. You can continue, but it's like you broke the sequence. It's like, so many games are, like, tied into sequencing, that if you sometimes break the sequence, that's when the brokenness happens. That's, like, literally Bethesda games. Those games give you so much freedom, but sometimes by doing so so, so so many things in disorder, the game then breaks. And then sometimes, like, if you th- disorder something in like a wrong way, then it's like, you're potentially liable to not be able to finish the game because you broke it. Somehow, uh, Zelda allows you to break it in a way that is like within the parameters of like the design and that, it's insane. It's like, that's the one thing outside of, like visuals and presentation and all of that, that is like the most impressive thing that they do, and it's the one thing that I want to see like, and not breaking and not crashing at all. I want developers to really take a look and be like, you need to, with the games that you put out, at the very least, you, that you have way more power than they do. Your games have to be functional. There's been like so much functionality, like um, inconsistency in so many AAA games, like in not just this year, but in, other, in previous years, that it's like, we pay 70 bucks for this. Like, at the very least, the things need to be functional, especially if, uh, uh, even if your game is like even less uh, ambitious. So it's you like- know,
0: You know, this mm. makes me feel like Insomniac doesn't get enough credit. You yeah, know, like, I cause, agree. I was, cause I was about to say, I'm like, they put out quality games that you don't hear about them being buggy messes when they mm-hmm. come out. And- Miles
1: Morales was the, well, actually- uh, I had a really
0: good experience at launch with Mouse. though. Uh,
1: it crashed on me twice, and I know for sure that Rift Apart is considered their buggiest game. Because- oh, really? of, Yeah, it, 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 it actually is. Uh, I. I remember here because I didn't have my PS5, but I kept looking at videos of the clipping that was happening because of so messes. Yeah, it it, it was case by case basis on the PS5 because the PS5's SSD is weird, but it was that was and also keep in mind, COVID, it was uh, work from home. So many games that came out from the work from home environment came in with more uh, with more bugs than they did. But before those two Spider-Man 2018, pristine.
0: So, I, I, you know, I didn't hear anything about uh-huh. the the Miles Morales or a Wretched and Clank. Well, and, I'll take your word for it, but like,
1: but it, that's the thing. It wasn't they weren't uh, widespread, but they were yeah. happening.
0: So yeah, so I it's one of those things to where I'm like, I I see some other developers out there. You know, like mm-hmm. Forza comes out every uh, like every time, and mm-hmm. then like they nail it. You know, absolutely nail it out of the yeah, park. and them.
1: that one because it's a racing game, people like to underplay their achievements, yeah. <laughs> which is sad.
0: Yeah and i get it it's just to me i'm like hey, okay you put out a game it doesn't really have very many bugs okay cl- cl- clap clap you did what you're mm-hmm. supposed to And no, we're not gonna dock you points for that i i, I completely understand that but mm-hmm. i'm like to me i'm you know like this is on the outside looking in i know it's a disagreeing opinion mm-hmm. and i completely understand that no. it's hard for me to get impressed with a game of this scale where you just basically have a very similar game that you had last time but but you changed up like six powers you did change those up mm-hmm. but those powers were essentially like powers from Minecraft and other games like Fortnite and such like that and then like you're a, 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 and then add in like you know the fact that you're able to warp through a, a solid ceiling and then it, like it, to be
1: fair with that having to like clip through geometry another I'm, thing that breaks games and I'm it's like a grant of the design yeah. so
0: I'm also not super impressed with that because, like, you do go through a semi-loaded screen. It, like, when mm-hmm. you go up there, like, it is like a 15 to 30 second load screen. Mm-hmm. It, if it was instantaneous, like, ratchet and clank. Rift oh, and if it had like, a
1: SSD, holy crap! This is again, this is again why I tell you, is, like, the other guys should be happy that Nintendo doesn't play with power because, yeah. if, if, because if then it, if, if this game was like on an SSD and all that and did all of that and looking even sharper than it does, then it's like it would expose everyone else. Be like. They're using your same technology. Why can't you do that? Do you, you, you understand? It's kind of like... Um,
0: I understand yeah. what you're saying. It's just it's just like, that's kind of what I'm saying as well, on the flip side of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's hard for me to be, be impressed with it when I'm like, okay, I kind of see the... I kind of can see like the, the wizard behind the, the curtain there. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you can go through like the ceiling, but you have to go through a load screen, uh, albeit you, you've like... It's almost like the elevator scene you normally mm-hmm. see in like Mass Effect games where you just yeah. step into an elevator and it gives you the illusion that you're going up. Yeah. Only with the place.
1: difference that now you can have a million elevators here. <laughs> to literally yeah. everything on top of you. So it's yeah. like there's like no limits. And that's yeah. and, and that's kinda of like what's crazy is like in other kinds of games like you were have like preset sections, kinda of like you were mentioning in Mass Effect. It's like mm-hmm. you need to go to those specific elevators to to do that. In this game is like somehow it has like all these million permutations that don't break when they I, easily could. I get it yeah
0: it's just like i'm also not impressed because i feel like it's empty like i feel like a lot of the world is like so empty in the sense to where like i i okay you can go through a ceiling and come Mm -hmm. up because there's nothing up there to obstruct it you know like there's like i can go up to a mountain and okay when i get up to the mountain i might find a little rock and place that rock in a certain place and i get a Mm korok scene for it but for the most part the rest of that mountain is like empty except for some enemies on the platform below. It's like mm. they you know I see little things to where I'm like, I'm just
1: or a potential K that again gives you goes takes you through like a massive quest line Because there's like hundreds of side quests in this game, which isn't kind of insane like, Yeah, I get you know, it. It's yeah, just so... like
0: I, I you know, like it, it's again. It's outside. It's like it's a different like perspective on this mm-hmm. it's just like I've you know, we come off of a horizon like Horizon mm. Forbidden West. And I'm impressed by those side quests like uh, because like a lot of those side quests feel like they can be the main quest in a shorter. So game.
1: what's the difference there narrative?
0: It is narrative. Mm. It so. is very much narrative, narrative um, there. And it's like it and you know, like that is and I get it. It's not the focus here, but I'm like, yeah.
1: I, but again, it's taste, the, and, it and, that, taste. And, and And that's why like to you're not wrong. Uh, in like, it's coming from from that perspective, because obviously this game, I'm not saying it doesn't have a story because it actually does more than the last one. Yeah. I had none. It had backstory that you could pursue if you wanted to have, but it wasn't even important. You only had like one goal, but, uh, but, but with this one is like, uh, other games is like the main reason why you play them is the narrative. And this game has enough story to get you going, but. The point is the act of playing more than just because you play a horizon Qu- 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 Quest you play them because you want to learn more you want to get more story and that that's the, and, and that's kind of like the big uh, secret for what makes uh, tears of the kingdom different than the other ones and how like the eight feels for why it resonates with so many people is the fact that uh, When you make a game so narrative focused, it means that it's like all contorted around the story whereas uh, when the narrative focus on something like like this one is like Simple, but then it's like at the mercy of how you can like engage with it and makes it like this infinitely replayable game And it's like you, getting a toy you box. are the story. Yeah, yeah you, you exactly you're the, story. You, you are the yeah. story So, And and again, it's like the beauty of gaming and this is kind of like what I love about gaming is that you can have
0: both Yeah, it's just it's and just one it, it, feels like it's under attack all the time. Like, yeah <laughs> Yeah, it no, is no, it's like yeah,
1: yeah the, the ones that you love.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like can, can we be real here? Let's, yeah, let's have a real moment to where like one feels like it's held to a different standard when the other one yeah. is like, oh, we can create things and we can do whatever we want at any given time. Mm-hmm. But you know, like we, um, okay, we have no parameters here. We can do just anything. Like, yeah, and I like, think
1: that the, and the, and the difference there is like again, how long has Nintendo been in the industry for? Like like freaking forever. And also that they had kind of like that reputation that you know you don't go there for stories, you know you don't go there for the bells and whistles, you know because they're they're basically your Henry Fords, they're the ones that set the foundations for many of games, like a lot of like what we love about gaming came from the original Zelda for Action Adventure and Ocarina of Time, like people like praise from software games, who was the one that did it first? ocarina of time like setting you like in the 3d space with like the kind of lock-on and all of that is like They are the ones that uh, why like they get that kind of respect because you know gaming wouldn't exist without them I would agree that then other ones maybe get a little too much disrespect. I will say also that What company out of that the big three is very synonymous with like the high production value story over everything Sony Sony.
0: PlayStation yeah exactly
1: and right now because they're at the top they're like the kings of the mountains selling all of those and acting like they're like above everything. Why do they, why do you like, let's just say this. I didn't see any attacks about Jedi survivor as a story-based game. Like I'm seeing people trying to bring down Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it, so, it so you, understand, so, you want, you want to bring me down the yeah. king. I, I get uh-huh. that completely, but even outside of like outside of playstation let's just talk about like just general like even even just nintendo and and uh, third parties and such like that like nintendo like i i would i would be okay with that if they were just like we're gameplay first. We will never put out a game with a story. But then mm-hmm. you put out Xenoblade, which shows me you're capable of doing it.
1: And not made might have been Nintendo, by the way. Model. Yeah. They just yeah, polish. They just polish it.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. I understand. It's mm-hmm. like you know. Like I get it. It's. It's a. Mm-hmm. That's why I said third party. By the way. It's mm-hmm. like and third-party, but I'm like, if you are going to put the Nintendo brand on it and Nintendo exclusive Mm -hmm. on it, it makes me feel like you're capable of doing that. You know, like, and then if you're capable of doing that, that means you can be held to the same standard as everyone else.
1: Yeah, this is why I, yeah, this is why I would love for this scenario where we would still be in the same area, like they were back in GameCube. They were held by the same standards as the PS2 and Xbox because they were all playing in in the same playing field. And in fact, in many places, Gamecube was actually outperforming ps2 in power. Yeah, I yeah I so that. so yeah. so it's like uh, they definitely picked their own lane afterwards. And and again, like a lot of people use that as a, both. We can say it's an excuse, especially from your perspective, you, for your perspective, you, you would love them to be held at, at the same standards. And I feel like you can they, they can be held at the same standard when it comes to like actual uh, functionality, like the way p- many handwave. I have to give gender props. They gave uh, Scarlet and Violet at six, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they actually, they and while gaming for the Game Informers gave it eight point threes, and Games Plus gave it an eight. And I'm like, you can look at videos of like what's happening, right?
0: It's I like, legitimately couldn't see my legendary Pokemon yeah. when I was riding. <laughs> it. And exa- I was like, ex-
1: ex- exactly. So it's like um, in those areas, I'm like, in in when it comes to the basic function, so the basic functionality of video games, this like the standard has to be equal for all of them. That's right. That, and and that's kind of where uh, it's crazy that then a game that I know, like Tears of the Kingdom, that is so much bigger, so much bigger than a Pokemon and all that, has none of those like functionality issues. Even then, then some games that absolutely look prettier and and and, and all of that is like it's it's like wizardry what's happening there. That it may not look as flashy, but in like in in the hands of other developers, we've seen it just be just crashing and burning. So it's like again, it's like I feel like there's. There's obviously the taste perspective of things, and obviously like you have, uh, you have, you definitely value narrative a lot, and I do, and, and I and,
0: value gameplay. You yeah. see me play Have a Nice Death. This exactly, one of my a, 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 exactly,
1: exactly. Sure. But, but when it comes to like the AAA side, because obviously like Have a Nice Death Indies, like you know that's the, uh, that's what they have because it's definitely like playing in the in in the smaller area, compared to like the AAA perspective, which to be fair. Until Nintendo recently came back with force with the switch, because remember, Nintendo was like irrelevant it, during an entire generation with like the Wii U because of the uh, of them like the pursuing Wii of the, of the Wii U. Exactly. So so it's like um, they because people always known them as kind of like the builders, they expect them to set the template that then they know the other ones that do narrative and all of that. Then they're going to grab reshape, put their own seasoning in. There you go. That's always been kind of like how people treat it, especially when they are the ones that then uh, obviously I send you the uh, the article that IGN wrote yeah. when they were asking like what developers, and then obviously you retort is like, but they also like praised uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, Untitled Goose Game, which is still yeah. like uh, from what I understand they all pick like why that one got Game of the Year was because there was no unanimous for one it uh, dice. Mm. And they were like, what's the one that out of all the ones that they look the most fun and they picked that one? <laughs> so that that's kind of why that why, why that one won. But I noticed like, that that article was a really interesting scene because they're like, we're not going to be able to do like what Zelda does like it, because the, a lot of these things feel very specific to this game. But now we understand like just seeing the player reception of things that games that like can like touch the inner child of a gamer, a feeling like it allows them to do things that It's crazy that it allows them to do is like if we can get that philosophy and see how we can like mix it with like our strengths, storytelling and all that. It's like that's what makes me so excited because it's like anyone that just wants to carbon copy Tears of the Kingdom just be like, let's build everything. Let's build B2. Uh, shifts. Let's do like mechanics that we can crucify Koroks and send like walking through. is like some of the insane insanity that happens with that game. But it's like many people are gonna try to do that. But because they don't have the amount of money that Nintendo has, that like, the amount of time that they let this they let this game this game was done last year. They let them in a full year to just polish. Polish ooh. exactly. It's like the, other developers don't do that because they need those games out because that's how they make their money. Obviously, Nintendo has. Now that with the movie, with the Mario movie, which was pretty awesome, I'll admit, and now it's like such a big earner. Uh, they and also the Switch selling by itself somehow, like they got that, they got kind of like the it the indie community like supporting the Switch, like they do, uh, the uh, the what call it uh, the uh, the some of the exclusives they had selling over time.
0: Uh, yeah, the longevity of the Switch and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's it is very interesting. Um question and you know like for me it's like i you're a video game company mm-hmm. and at, at the end of the day like mm-hmm. we don't we just because tesla is doing something different than ford and, and toyota doesn't mean they're still not making cars yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like yes yeah and and it's one of those things to where i'm like okay we we held we held nintendo to a standard that that is well good. Like we pick and choose when we want to put the Nintendo cr- like crutch card and when mm-hmm. we want to put the Nintendo like. Oh man, Nintendo's killing it. Like oh, Nintendo selling like ten thousand uh, copies, uh, ten million copies of Mario Kart. They're mm-hmm. absolutely killing it. No one does it like Nintendo. Oh, mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom like three three days selling uh-huh. ten million copies. No one does it like Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Oh, but man, Nintendo's so underpowered. That's why Scarlet and Violet happened like this. That's why we're probably going to get like. That's probably why we get games like, you know, Pikmin 4 to where, like, uh, it looks kind of like we would accuse any other studio of being DLC at that point, you know, like, whereas, like, there's only two new Pikmin in the game yeah. and such like that. <laughs> we would accuse any studio. We mm-hmm. would nail to them to yeah. the wall.
1: And that's why, I, like I tell, it's like, I that the hypocrisy towards Nintendo is clearly there. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is the only time that I'm waving it off a little bit because I see, like, it's just in the game design, like, what it did. But again, like, I, I, I said it clearly. You 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 see me here. I'm not the one saying best story, best visuals, yeah. best soundtrack. It's like again, it's like I I do know the things that are worth um uh, that that are worth praising for or, or that game, which for game design is huge because gaming is gaming. But again, like it's now moving forward. And again, I also agree. There's an extra harshness to other companies that sometimes feel unwarranted. But I feel it like in in, in this PlayStation side right now is because they're the, the, the guys on top and they're gonna uh do everything in their power to try to sabotage them like i feel like um it's insane to me how like no one talks about God of War Ragnarok anymore like god nah, man
0: like, it, it's, it is insane
1: it's, to me it, yeah it's, it and 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 here's the thing like did 2018 make a bigger impact on me? Yes. I will agree with that. Was Ragnarok objectively a better game? Yes. It is. I haven't replayed it. Obviously because it's a much longer game. It has some moments that a blow that were not in the last one but it's like that was still a pretty impressive piece of gaming that oh, happened yeah. last year and it's like no one talks about it because on top of like taking the advantage that elden ring won the side now it's like everyone's just trying to like undermine it like uh, again like lord king over the iron lord's podcast <laughs> calling it always dlc in fact like he intentionally uh, i because Lord Cognito mentioned it in his Defining Duke episode, and I had to go look when they did the game of <laughs> the year how he intentionally sabotaged uh, uh, the, game of the, year the game of the year discussion for God of War Ragnarok with vetoing and all that. And the other ones they didn't want to waste their vetoes, even though they mm-hmm. wanted to give it as flowers but he didn't. It's like, obviously, he's that kind of personality, but it's like, if you go to your For You pages and all that, you know, that's like many people have that kind of same mentality to try oh, to yeah, sabotage sure. those, those kind of things. So there is that also, that kind of standard. And to me, that feels wrong in a way because it's like yes Jim Ryan and PlayStation that serves a lot of crap but not the developers they're the ones oh. doing hard work and 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 again like, you know, like Ragnarok again it's like even though I had my about phase like when I was like because remember I went to your show the first time I said I like, got yeah. Ragnarok is my favorite one it's just like as time came by I was like why am I so much more attracted to just keep thinking about Elden Ring going back to Elden Ring and all that and that's why I was like oh Christ like yeah that game did something
0: the and other taste, game and taste change yeah, over exactly time too. it's it, like it, what you what you crave for a game changes yeah, over
1: time exactly and too. to me it's like mm-hmm. it's hard like for, uh Ragnar was like the exception like i got a really good story it's been so long since i've gotten like so impressed by stories in games anymore i feel because i feel like i've seen it all when it comes to like game stories so it's i need other things to impress me so that those things are just the seasoning instead mm-hmm. of like the main course so yeah there is worthy con- conversation to have about that it kind of makes me wish that playstation was in second place so people you, also actually, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know you as a gamer who also like appreciates longevity in gameplay mm-hmm. like you're a destiny player as well yeah. like you like um playing games where you can get i would bl-
1: i would blame destiny broke me forever
0: <laughs> when it comes to yeah. like a, it's actually uh, destiny
1: would have been one that actually proved me that even though destiny does have sometimes good story i seeing the praises of the witch queen last year i Drag that the latest expansion through the coals for not having a good one this time because I knew they had a good one last year. It's like Lightfall, right? Yeah, Lightfall, the one from. Okay, like, thank Yeah, you. when you when you guessed it, and I was like, and it, it felt like a therapy session.
0: <laughs> so,
1: but 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 yes, yeah, like when, when when I think about that about things that way, it's like yes, like I always like respect stories, especially ones I like really like resonate. Like Jedi Survivor resonated with me strong. Obviously, helped that it was Star Wars, like. But it's very easy for me to be like, uh, if a story is not hitting for me, as long as like, the underlying game is like fun enough, that can carry me through a lot. And obviously with Zelda, I'm not gonna hide my biases. Especially as someone that has played that franchise a lot. Obviously, it uses a lot of shorthand. So many characters are recurring for like different for, for di- different times. And that's why like at some of the story moments, even though they're not like building up, they're not the end game. Like we're building the story for many times. This is like the on your left moment. It's like some of the cool stuff that happens knowing like what this franchise was. I was like, oh, it's cool that I felt something from a story. And I usually, what I play these games for, it's like for the adventure, for the dungeons, for like what what happens there. So it's like, again, it's it's all a taste thing. And you're not wrong for feeling that way about Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, no. Many people felt that way about Breath of the Wild. I mean, that was me. That was like, yeah. that, I was Squidward looking at the, through, through the oh, yeah. blinds to the people who were like, uh, Breath of the Wild, greatest game of all time. And I was like, no, nope, I can't. It's like, I it deserves to be in that list, not number one. That's how I always was. And I feel extra smog, being like, with Tears of the Kingdom, if people want to say that, I'm willing now to like, listen to the argument now. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. fully agree with it, but it's like, no. because I knew the last one was like, it had it did something really revolutionary but everything else was like a step back for me <laughs> so so, so I guess so it's not, and I'm not coming here saying like Breath of the Wild is great because I've definitely been consistent with that. So no,
0: no, and it's no. one of those things to where I'm like, yeah, I, you know, like me personally, I would give it a seven out of ten. Is I respect what it does mm-hmm. in gaming. It's just like I see a lot of shortcomings. So, go to me Meta, go gamer.
1: to Metacritic. There's three reviews that give it sevens. So yeah, yeah. And, yeah so and, it's, it's like it's there is again you know. different perspective. Yeah, uh, one of them was Jim Sterling that he was that now she. Uh, was uh, notable for giving Breath of the Wild a 7 last time. And they got raked through the coals by so many fans. But they gave it a 7 again, so it's like... I get it, yeah. I get it. And, I get so,
0: it. It's, and the one thing I will say, um, the last thing I, I guess mm-hmm. I'll say about like Tears of the Kingdom is like, the, especially with the hypocrisy thing, is like, mm-hmm. you know, like, we dogged, absolutely dogged games last year for having sixty F- for not having 60 FPS. Mm-hmm. Zelda is a straight 30 FPS yeah. game. And, you know, like, no discourse. We didn't hear nobody. Yeah. Like, Redfall, like, even before we knew mm-hmm. it was bad, like, yeah. got straight drugged through the streets because it was announced <laughs> it was going to have 30 yeah. FPS. Gotham and, Knights, same yeah. way.
1: Uh, <laughs> Plague Tail, initially. Um,
2: Plague
0: Tail, yeah.
1: Yeah, and again, Different like, standard, con- right. Yes. No, not standards, but also hardware. The Switch hardware is not about that. And they never claimed it me be for no, why yeah why redfall got dragged it was like we're an exclusive in the world's most powerful console oh wait yeah. they can't do 60. But, <laughs> so it's like
0: but, but, but here's the thing though when you're charging 70 dollars, mm-hmm. that means you put yourself you put yourself in the same category as like being able to provide the same exact service mm-hmm. as other games that do have 70 dollars yeah
1: and 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 in my argument with that would be uh yes they're putting in the same category as uh, games that have like the story the visuals and all of that um uh, when it comes to like the actual polish and the actual scale of this thing and how many hours i can still extract out of it uh it manages to justify it in one in in some way and especially come on man no no no, hey, and, no especially the big one it's not broken with that it's one, not. just just with that one, you can like completely crap on a bunch of games that launch at 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 seventy dollars that are barely functional.
0: So but, you can so you can say like, hey man, I I get an extra, I'll pay you an extra twenty dollars if you deliver me a game not broken. I'm like that's not the that's not the logic we live in the yeah. games industry. We no, just so like, that's the
1: thing, but that's the, but that's how what games are the the ones that are decide. No, we're seventy. Like Redfall was the first seventy dollars game over Xbox. it it comes with not even the features that the world's most powerful console has and it came out broken. I understand. So, Uh. it's like, again, that's like, yes, it's crappy knowing that it's not a next-gen game. That's like the only thing that we can definitely have an argument about that. Uh, Again, and obviously you don't want to... Because it's Nintendo, as Nintendo. You don't want to give like the praise of like pushing above your weight that you like giving to indies and all that. But no, unfortunately, no, like, yeah, it that credit. You know, exactly. like you're
0: Nintendo. You're a billion dollar company. You, exactly. This is your weight class. This is your weight class.
1: Yes, yeah. but again, it's like they managed to put out a product that is so functional and so like ambitious and beyond. Like again, like the ambition of that game is beyond its visuals. It's like. Yeah, this game is not um, not ambitious in presentation, all that. It's like no. it has a level of ambition the other ones don't have, and that's why like no one is like batting an eye at paying seventy for this game because I again think... because of the because there's some quality in it. And again, like this is the only time that they can get away with that. Like any other game that with lesser ambition than this one being charged a seventy, here comes the lynching. It is like the lynching would be would be worth it then.
0: I, I'm gonna okay I'm gonna hold you to that mm-hmm. whenever Nintendo eventually charges Mario like Mario a Mario party mm-hmm. and all the Mario oh games. yeah and
1: oh I'll be the first one to Lynch them all have the you seen sports, ha, yeah. have you seen how bare bones they are at 60 imagine they release that at 70. oh I'll be ready I'm gonna grab the whip I'm gonna like Drag them through the street myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna get hold you yeah. To that yeah. Like, like, hold any me other to game that.
0: Outside, <laughs> yeah. Of Zelda oh, this one, 10 yeah. Out of 10 mm-hmm. Gets gets a seventy dollar price point because, like, quote unquote, they they didn't release a broken game. Yeah, uh, that not, it, that was the standard. Yeah,
1: no, and You're not only that, and 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 and, ambi- and an ambition that's like unseen in many games. But again, I'm gonna like, I'll be one. If the next Mario is just another Mario Odyssey and it's only seventy bucks, I'm gonna drag it. I don't All care. Right. I'm gonna, or like, Kong or yeah, all or of anything. them, all of yeah. them. It's like all of them, and the fact that they're releasing Pikmin at sixty means that they're intentionally like creating that separation. So, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I was
0: about to say Metroid yeah. Prime Remaster is sixty. It's no, 60.
1: forty. All oh right. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's like sixty frames, like the yeah. GameCube version, because that yeah, game the- was sixty back in GameCube.
0: That's what I'm saying like yeah. I know they have games uh, that can run in 60 is yeah. what I'm just And about.
1: also uh, Metro Prime way smaller game like in scale and like in, in, oh, and yeah, like no, yeah. So, so so that's why in Mario Odyssey ran at 60 but it's also kind of like segment segmenters not as big and not playing with physics a lot.
0: I believe Xenoblade is immensely huge. Like, and a 30,
1: I, and it's a 30.
0: Yeah, I was just like Xenoblade's yeah. immensely huge, but like it, it to me and it's, it's like... And it
1: struggles to run 30 also. <laughs> so.
0: and, I, and I understand that, but mm-hmm. they also reflect that in the price point, you know? When I'm yeah, being, it's am you, you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, like... Yeah. This no, and, game is and, a seventy dollar yeah. game that's going to remain seventy dollars until the end of time because yeah. yeah.
1: until, until until they do that weird forty one ninety nine sales that they sometimes yeah. happen in November. That's why sometimes I got some other games, but it's like, it's, like, it's like I would never pay seventy for what they released. Religious Mansion Three. I would never pay seventy for Metroid Dread. I would never pay seventy. For others is to be fair to them it's like they played with the price like Metroid Prime was 40 bucks They could have easily charged 60. They did that with Skyward Sword and they did way less work with that game So I it's like it. so, so yeah, it's, it's like right now like they Why they get away with this with this one is just on top of like releasing a more polished product that 80, 90% of the current competition as in it's, 2023 it's cause and demand yeah. You know, yeah, yeah yes and uh, and, else, and, and, on, and on top of that that they definitely took advantage of the fact that it had built-in hype because like it or not, Breath of the Wild was also big. But any game with less ambition coming forward from this at that price point, I got. I'm, I'm ready. I'm. 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 I'm gathering. I'm, I'm gathering. To it. I'm gathering. <laughs> no, and you don't have to hold me to it, is that because yeah. I was consistent with Breath of the Wild, and I'm gonna be consistent with the other things. It's like I believe in consistency of opinion. So it's like, unless Switch Two, if yeah. it, if it's the next Switch,
0: if it's the next Switch Two, and the Switch actually feels like an upgrade, because yeah. it was just like a... like just basically this with maybe maybe mm-hmm. a different screen or anything like that yeah. like it comes with the age screen yeah I'm if like, it's a
1: new switch with the exact same hardware oof or they're, even they're, like yeah. marginally
0: improvement because mm-hmm. this is 13 2013 hardware so I'm 2012
1: like, hardware because oh, yeah, the, it's yeah. the samsung Tegra.
0: <laughs> yeah so i'm like so. if it's if it, it has to be more powerful than the steam deck or at least matching it and then yeah,
1: yeah or, or like in classic nintendo fashion always like slightly below because therefore they like to be affordable
0: yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the the Steam Deck is four hundred dollars. I'm like, at that point, you wasn't sell it five
1: hundred something?
0: No, no, the the um, if you look at the U.S. amount, like the um, yes. the what was it? The sixty-four gig is mm-hmm. like the sixty-four gig. I believe is four hundred even, mm-hmm. and then like the because um, I have a, okay, so yes, yeah, so the
1: sixty-four gig with a carrying case is uh-huh. three ninety-nine. Uh, yeah. Then then the one with two hundred fifty-six is five five twenty-nine, and then the five hundred twelve is six forty-nine.
0: Um, i mean the switch comes with 64 gigs so i'm actually with 32
1: gigs actually
0: oh yeah that so even worse so i'm like so even worse so yeah. so i'm like okay, the only way so like
1: looks- let's put it like this like if the new switch would have to launch at the exact same price as it original launched 2.99 it would be the only exactly. exception or because they had the oled at 349 you don't go higher than that unless the hardware yeah. that you put in It's like actually uh, valuable and again like they found the success on making something like relatively affordable that in its early years was pretty impressive and, and again it's like it set a standard for like for 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 being like hey, portable console quality gaming on the go there must be a market for that. Then we got the Steam Deck again, yeah,
0: <laughs> so, and the raw guy line and everything that follows. We're just in a different mm-hmm. place now, to where oh, yeah. like at uh, I like I need them to have quality, and this isn't me bashing mm-hmm. on Nintendo. Like, yeah. I want them to do well. I mm-hmm. just want them to actually be held to the same standards. Yeah, as
1: and I bet you, that as soon as the next Switch comes out that actually now has the power that can actually play there, those standard like th- those standards are gonna happen. Like they absolutely will. So I, I, and we I'm can and we can and we can be like. And, and, and we can be then prop and we can properly dog them for it. If they yeah. if, if they don't if they don't deliver. So uh, and that's why like if even Nintendo from back in 2017, the hardware like, say we're doing a very powerful handheld that will run all your games at 60 frames, like the thing when Nintendo never understood, like, especially after GameCube was the only time they used power as a selling point. That generation was a watch for them that that didn't move the needle for them. They center again on gameplay. On like game design, so that's why like um, they people understand that they're not doubting them technically, because it's like they're never the ones promising it, and um, and 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 also it's like the the whole like Nintendo seal of seal of approval from like they're actually uh, made games, like, because let's remember this with the Pokemon company, that's not Nintendo, they just polish it, and the Pokemon the Pokemon company is like has a weird thing with them that they have to put everything out and because they. They they just have to like put the the stamp no matter what. It's like yeah. Now people are like, maybe not on sales, but people are like dragging them through the street now. Like, they, so you know so, like so if things are happening.
0: Nintendo's gonna get all the credit. It's not the Pokemon yeah. company that's gonna get rewarded credit at the end of the year when the, Like people aren't gonna say and the word goes to the Nintendo company. Everyone's gonna be like, oh no, like oh Nintendo made a banger with that Pokemon game yeah. this year. Let's but, be honest But here. no one uh,
1: like that, that's the thing like Pokemon hasn't been rewarded in like god knows how long because like the quality just hasn't been there No, You uh, know no. like if like if you notice it's like uh, the rare times that nintendo really rewarded are like rare and fleeting because like they Nintendo is the only place where you go for the few times. The, we, that's what we play on the other consoles. They get 80% of our, play, uh, of our play, play time. So, <laughs> But yeah, it's like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite when the next Switch comes out. If the games are not marginally improved to what they can do now, I got the lynch ready.
0: <laughs> so, nah, I got you. I got so, you. Yeah. So, What's our next topic, man? Yeah, so
1: next up, we're going to go through some news. Sebastian, so, press X.
0: But hey yeah.
1: For some news. <laughs> so, Sebastian, it's been a week since we last saw the uh, PlayStation Showcase, the one that we had been waiting for for a while. When we saw it, uh, you definitely enjoyed it a lot. In fact, that you, you, you even tweeted about it. I told you I was yeah. a little uh, for the wait. I wasn't as impressed, uh, like, overall. But I, th- I thought it was a solid showcase of games overall. Maybe not a great PlayStation showcase because, with well, the things we expect from them, just weren't there. And some th- some things were missing. A big one that was missing was Last of Us. Like we were expecting factions to be there, and it just like, came and went, went without a whiff. Two days later, we find out why. <laughs>
0: what <laughs> Start- happened,
1: man? Yeah, story number one by Andy Robinson: The Last of Us multiplayer game has reportedly been scaled back. Sony has reportedly scaled back the size of Naughty Dog's The Last of Us multiplayer game, following an evaluation of the project by the platform holder and newly acquired Bungie. According to Bloomberg, the number of people working on the project has been reduced, partly as a result of the Destiny Studios' feedback as to its quality and viability. Bungie raised questions about The Last of Us multiplayer project's ability to keep players engaged for a long period of time, which led to the reassessment, the Bloomberg report claims. According to the publication, while the game has not been cancelled, many of its developers have been moved. To other projects, and a small group remains while Sony reevaluates its direction. Shortly before the Bloomberg report's publication, Naughty Dog seemingly preempted the story with a statement on social media, in which it indicated that the Last of Us multiplayer game would require more time and development. So this is what this was a statement. The Last of Us fans, we know many of you have been looking forward to hearing more about our The Last of Us multiplayer game. We're incredibly proud of the job our studio has done thus far, but as development has continued, we've realized that it's best for the game is to give it more time. Our team will continue to work on the project as well as our other games in development, including a brand new single-player experience. We we'll look forward to sharing more soon. We're grateful to our fantastic community for your support. Thank you for your passion for our games; it continues to drive us.
0: Watch one to check, man, because yeah. that single-player experience trademark is filed officially. Yeah. <laughs> they need to give me some money. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so, live service game, Sebastian. Okay. Every time someone wants to get there, like get, like try to chase that bag, years after they've seen others that after they put the work and gone through the trials and tribulations, if there's something that I learned, it never goes well,
0: no, ever, never,
1: not even for Naughty Dog, the studio from Sony that, as of right now, like has just been hit batting a thousand, literally, is like a everyone has their issues with some of the story decisions of the last of us part two that game was fantastic that was naughty dog's best game not just in like in the way it presented its story in visuals but also how it improved in gameplay we talked about it like i to me it's like it's not the best stealth game because it's still like very basic in the stealth mechanics but the way the stealth the simple stealth of that game like merges so well with like the presentation like the, that entire package It's like it's such that it's like they the Naughty Dog recently has been like really finally honing in on gameplay more than because story presentation graphics, they got that in the bag. We know that that's always going to be great for them. Uh Then trying to do this multiplayer, which originally was going to be part of Last of Us Part 2, then when they revealed that date back in 2019 and they said that there was not going to be multiplayer and people cried out, it was like, man, Factions was so cool in the, in the original. Why is it not there? Then Dog was like yeah like we needed to use the extra resources to make the single player uh, the best it can be but we heard you we still have a multiplayer team in house that so we're gonna see what we can do to give you the experience and then in some reason for some reason here they decided yeah this multiplayer thing is gonna be its own standalone thing and then the whole live service back started kind of like happening and they're like no it's gonna be this is gonna gonna be one of those live service games in fact we're actually gonna note that whatever is next for naughty dog in our quarterly presentation we're gonna put the studio's name in the live service bag and now you're telling us is that that thing's not going well what does that tell you that even the greatest developer chasing the live service bag fool's errand it's a road that leads to failure how many more bodies do we need to see in the live service pile before people get the memo to sony's credit this happened because they uh, they bought Bungie later last year. The big thing is like they didn't buy it for them to make like games exclusive for them. They they bought them because like later in the story it says uh, Sony Directive Entertainment revealed that it's using Bungie to rigorously bet its many in development live service games. Uh, the timing of this disclosure is notable considering how live service game in development of PlayStation back deviation games was recently reported to have been canceled. So interesting, like you're investing in this many live service games you get at the studio that knows how to do that thing, coming to tell you that things are bad. What does that tell you? It's like. They're good at something. They could have tried maybe other t- different kinds of genres. Don't do live service. Live service, especially like if you're not an expert, even if you have the talent now with there with Bungie that let's not forget, even though they have been running Destiny for nine years now that road was like paved through failure and success and failure and success rinse and repeat why chase that just because of money
0: Alejandro let me let me tell you a story let me yeah. let me just go ahead and tell you a story. let me put on my story glasses these were also given to me by a little company named sub 2r and everything like that they also provided this nice green screen you see right yeah. behind you these are my storytelling glasses these yeah. are also gaming glasses they help you know they help with sponsor all... element <laughs> yeah they help with all my ga- all my gaming needs and such like that and it also help me stay in the game longer but here's why i put on my storytelling glasses alejandro have you ever heard of this little guy, this little bumpkin of a guy who's from a small town by the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Have uh-huh. you ever heard of him? Yeah. So you might have heard of him. He um, once helped Bugs Bunny take down some evil, evil tombs and such like that and <laughs> such. But anyways, Michael Jordan went outside of his lane. He was a fantastic basketball player, but he decided he wanted to be a baseball player absolutely was horrible at it let's be real about it you saw space jam like (laughs) yeah striking out like crazy and such like that this reminds me a lot about that you know why sometimes in life people you have to stay in your lane remember michael jeffrey jordan when he fought the tune he helped the tunes take down the aliens and such like that he came back and he learned his lesson he shouldn't be playing baseball when he is naturally a basketball player for you people you, and people at Naughty Dog, who I owe a lot, a lot to, because you have made some wonderful experiences too.
1: You the Uncharted, Uncharted yeah. series and last of us, two of our favorite franchises ever
0: oh yeah you helped mold the single player experience uh, in me so and help me to create the single player experience podcast so with all that said stay in your lane man stay in your mm-hmm. lane make single player games you ain't gotta you ain't necessarily gotta make uncharted again mm-hmm. you ain't gotta make the last of us you can make a space odyssey and such like that mm-hmm. matter of fact if you really want to be petty you can make starfield yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make your own version of Starfield and really be petty about it. Mm-hmm. But don't make a live service game. You haven't seen very many live service games succeed. And mm-hmm. what made you think you were going to be the one? Mm-hmm. So he just okay. won't.
1: It just absolutely won't. That's just the truth. Because how can you make a last of us live service multiplayer game where the thing that people why they're pursuing this bag is because of uh, ongoing monetization. And why is Fortnite making so much money? Because the way they made their games, like they can have Darth Vader, they can have Optimus Prime, they can have Master Chief, they can have Kratos, they can have Anakin Skywalker. Like being able to like sell all those like s- skins in a game that works. How are you gonna monetize this? Are you gonna bring in Master Chief into the Last of Us universe? Like what kind of like are you gonna be making like wacky uh, weapons and all this? Like the Last of Us universe is not one for like an ongoing monetization thing a multiplayer mode and a single player like on top of like the multi the single player experience like what happened with the 2013 game that's fine because at least it was there and factions in 2013 was good in fact many people were surprised how good it was because they barely talked about it it was like it was barely previewed the game just launched and then people tried it and were like oh oh wow it's like multiplayer like in the last in, in last of Us like that actually fits to the themes of survival and like scrounging and all that This worked and it didn't take away from the amazing single player story that was the original Last of Us.
0: Here's an idea just remake the Last of Us Factions mode Mm and charge $30 for it. Yeah. And let these people who want to play this bumpkin faction game, Uh all 13 of them, go play factions. (laughs) Yeah. Because let's be honest, ain't nobody buying a PS5 to play Last of Us Factions. Nope. So all five, uh, all five people who want this game to come out, all five of you, man, just tell these people, just tweet at them because all five of y'all will get heard hmm. through that. Just tell them make Last of Us Factions again. You don't have to re- mm-hmm. remaster it. You don't have yeah. to make all these, like, Last of Us 2 gameplay mechanics in the Last of Us Factions. Just give these people the janky mode that mm-hmm. was Last of Us Factions so we can stop hearing about this. Because yeah. let's be honest, don't nobody want to hear about this either way, yeah. do they?
1: Especially knowing that how much time it's taken. Nah. Like, how much they're like, them focusing on this, has, has that, like, robbed us from another Naughty Dog game, like an actual new one? Because, Part one, the remake, really good. Wasn't made by them. It was mostly done by the visual arts team over at Sony that then they decided to finish the work in-house, but that wasn't started by them. So it was like just something quick that they whipped out. And the fact that it was at that high quality is just a testament to their standards. But I'm who's like... The,
0: who's the team that did Destruction All-Stars?
1: Uh, that's That was like Lucid that wasn't even owned by Sony.
0: No, nah, go buy them, man. Go buy yeah. them and put them on this project. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like tech, yeah, have them do that. Just... Let Naughty Dog be Naughty Dog. Like, exactly. they, like Naughty Dog. As much as I love Uncharted and Last of Us, they are definitely due for a new IP. I've always what? said that, and uh, it's like, but not multiplayer. There has to be a new IP within the single-player realm. That's what they're good at. That's what you made your bones with. Their qualities I can match in that area.
0: What was the janky looking j- game that Jade Raymond was supposed to be war- like? Showing yeah, fair, the- fair,
1: fair games at the beginning yeah, of the show. let them go
0: ahead and do this because yeah. what they were showing looked like a janky, like off-brand <laughs> version of Watch Dogs. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. Man, so I'm, yeah, I'm don't use, use your. T- t- yeah, off. I'm spicy right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, don't uh, let the, let the other other teams like live and die in that area. Let them.
0: Exactly. It's
1: like don't use Naughty Dog to do that, it's, especially like it's like opportunity like every opportunity taken is an opportunity lost and what this tells especially if they're downscaling this like are you gonna complete this project like with a downscale team that's not gonna happen it's like that's just gonna lead to cancellation let's just be honest it's like as unless like whatever they have working these other other glasses (laughs) they
0: they gave me another pair man these are my unspicy glasses right here love it These that was the,
1: the perfect time to live me for me to see this glasses. I tell you better <laughs> even better than I was expecting These But on um,
0: unspicy glasses, so now I'm back in chill mode. So what were you saying?
1: Yeah, so it's like if they're scaling back this maybe Multiplayer for part three. It's like they already got the work They're just gonna insert it there and leave it there It's like that I feel that's the only place they this can live like I don't feel last of us live life is gonna work It's like Jim Ryan wake the fuck up just like just look what happened over actually I'm gonna skip to story number six. Let's just let's just let, 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 let's just do that because I feel it's pertinent to that. Let's get all the negativity out of the way. Okay. Stor- cool st- 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 story, story by Tom Ivan. Redfall devs reportedly hoped it would be cancelled or rebooted by Microsoft. Uh, a new report claims to shed light on the circumstances that resulted in Redfall's disappointing release last month. Following several delays, the first major Xbox exclusive from Bethesda, released with a number of technical issues and generally reviewed poorly, Gardner aggregates aggregate scores of 56 and 54. Redfall is a multiplayer loose shooter, a genre that's, that's new to creator Arcane Studios, which is known best for its critically acclaimed single-player immersive sims like Dishonored and Prey. According to a new report, the game's development was hampered by a lack of clear direction, a high turnover of staff, and insignificant resources for what was billed as a triple A team. Parenthesis over that. You can clearly tell by playing that thing. <laughs> you can absolutely tell. The report, which is based on the accounts of over a dozen anonymous sources who worked on the title, said the project started development in 2018 after being pitched to staff as a multiplayer arcane game. Some members reported, reportedly found the pitch confusing and felt unsure, that the sort of gameplay arcane was known for would translate well to a co-op setting no shit uh the game reportedly suffered because <laughs>
0: yeah no <the, laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah the game reportedly suffered because its development team was continually understaffed with arcane's austin office employing fewer than 100 people and insufficient outsourcing support offered by bethesda Many experienced developers who weren't interested in making a multiplayer game reportedly left the studio. With almost three quarters of the Austin staff who had worked on 2017 Spray, an incredible game, by the way, close said to have departed Arcane by the time Redfall was finished. Arcane is said to have experienced difficulties filling vacancies with lower than average salaries, its Texas location, and the desire of prospective employees to work on single player immersive sims viewed as contributing factors. Let me start right there. Of course, everyone that will want to work for your studio will want to go work for single-player immersive sims, that's where your bones. Yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, continuing, when development of the game started, Bethesda's then-parent company, Cinemax was reportedly pushing its studios to develop live-service titles, and according to Bloomberg, Red Bull had a significant microtransaction plan in place for three years before it was scrapped in 2021. That same year, Microsoft acquired Cinemax in a $7.5 billion deal, and same Arcane staff reportedly hoped the Xbox Maker might cancel Redfall or reboot it as a single-player game. However, Microsoft took something of a hands-off approach to Bethesda's Game Development Studios, as Xbox Real Spencer acknowledged in a recent Kinda of Funny Games interview. We didn't do a good job early on in engaging Arcane Austin to really help them understand what it meant to be part of Xbox and part of First Party as and use some of our internal resources to help them move along the journey even faster, said Spencer. We left them to work on the game. They are a very talented team. I love that team and I still do and I will totally bet on them to do another great game. But when Matt Booty and Jamie Letter sit down, the Xbox Game Studios had an, an ex-president, I think we can engage earlier with a different studios, and I do think there's a difference when we ke- come in when the creative is already set on a game. And that's not washing our hands. Every game we ship from our teams is an Xbox game, so we take full responsibility for it. That's what he said on that interview. Spencer said he believed a platform holder did a better job with Bethesda's other 2023 release, the upcoming sci-fi RPG Starfield, in terms of assisting development, because the game was earlier in production when Xbox acquired it. We should have been there for Redfall, uh, co-creative director Harvey Smith and the team earlier. I think that's on us. He continued. And then through the process in Unreal Engine game, we have a bunch of studios that have done some really great work on Unreal over the years. And I think we were too late to help in that when they had certain issues.
0: (sighs) Not to unpack here. So, you know, like... I, I admire first of all uh, once again I think we, we said this before um, when you were on my show as well mm-hmm. like well, shout out to Phil Spencer for doing that interview yeah. I know that that couldn't have been easy and everything like that the
1: timing know? was horrible for that interview to happen but he still like, took that he, he took the fall
0: took it right on the channel like yeah. a champ man shout out to him for doing that but like redfall you know for better or for worse we probably you know spoke on it um tons by now but like you know it is what it is at this point Mm -hmm. i i will say like games just in general need to get better messaging on what they are trying to achieve from the get-go because like when there's internal strife um on what the game you're working on is like whether it's a single player whether it's a multiplayer whether it's games mm-hmm. or whether it does single player and multiplayer games like you there's no such thing as a company where you work uh at alejandro and mm-hmm. like you don't know what you're doing like for the main goal like you don't go to burger king and don't know the main goal of yeah, why you're selling exactly burgers. Like, <laughs> there's no such thing as like yeah. As a corporate vision that most people in the company don't know about, and like you don't work on any project in any sort of industry and don't know what you're working on, so mm-hmm. like that's that to me spells trouble. And like Gotham Knights had a very similar issue, if you remember correctly, so where so
1: like, clear, especially how long it took to make,
0: where so. like the messaging was unclear, too, of like what is that? What is this game? Is it the single player? Is a multiplayer? Oh, it's both, well like. Oh, it's a life service. service. No,
1: not yeah. uh, yeah, but it's not really. But let's keep all elements of life service in it, even though it's not
0: (laughs) exactly so I'm like, i i feel like the best games that we get right now and this is where i will give tears of the kingdom it's like flowers mm-hmm. it's like you know what you want to be and you execute that yeah, vision exactly. whether that vision is for everybody or not like you know what you are and you mm-hmm. go full full steam ahead and try to be the best version of yeah.
1: that it had a clear it had a clear vision of intent it had a clear uh, mm-hmm. understanding of what they needed to do they didn't have to like try to appeal to anything that was not uh their strengths it's like it's just that game and it's so unfortunate that Obviously this game, like it was mentioned in the story, was conceived in that Wolfenstein Youngblood slash Fallout 76 era of like trying to make this like franchises into live services because at that point Bethesda was like hurting for money because their games were just not selling and it was ironic all this happened a year after they made this big ad in the Game Awards, it was like we are Bethesda and we're saving player one, they were all about us it. like no we're the studio, there's like single player experiences matter. It's like, we're gonna protect the sanctity of that experience. It's like, that's what our games do. And immediately they purchased, they they, they went the, the live service back because they were hurting for cash. But this is what happens when you put you make a studio that's not built for that kind of game do that kind of game. And it breaks my heart knowing that, especially if, since Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, he's the one that reported this. I just got the, uh basically Cliff Notes versions of this report from, from BGC is like, the fact that Arkane was like hoping that Microsoft would come in and see what this was, and they could have canceled and instead so just like let them be like what it was doing. It's like, I think there's the worst part of all this is the fact that they lost 70% of their staff. A lot of the people that made Prey want an amazing single player game are gone. What is Arcane's Austin now? Yeah, Phil Spencer says that they can, he believes they can make another great game, but I'm like, yes, you took the fault, but understand like the damage of taking an off, like, like a hands off approach. Like, you could have had the money to reboot this to like what it would have been properly had, if Redfall had been like the new dishonor, like an actual, like in that in that vein, like fully, not this like fragmented four-player thing where like the vampires are teepa. Do you ever see the clip that I sent you of like my vampire posting? It's like yeah. it's, 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 it's it's it was incredible. I was like, how? It's like it was more hurtful knowing it's like you put your stamp on this. This is your first party. It's like understand. It's like, you can't be hands-off. It's like, why I always like... It's like, uh, why Nintendo and PlayStation uh, have more respect from a first-party perspective than Xbox? It's like, no matter what, it's like, they keep a a lid on on the quality. They absolutely do. do. They they, they do. And it's like, if you really want, with everything that you're buying, because they're still trying to acquire Activision Blizzard, it's like, do you recently acquire Bethesda? That's what happened. And how am I going to entrust that when you have all of that? You're going to have a finger on the pulse that You know what, it's quality. It's like, that's why them saying it's like, we did a better job with Starfield. I'm like, I don't believe you. Like the track track record doesn't like uh, inspire me confidence. (laughs) And they, Microsoft dove into the live service bag way too early. To their credit, they have found some success after hitting like Sea of Thieves. is one of the most successful live service games that they had. It helped that it was exclusive and they had Game Pass. So of course, like that would help it in a way but it's like not everything can be one it's like again like what I keep saying is like a live service game is a full time job my full time job is destiny people it's like there are many people that get their one they find their one and that's it
0: and they stick with it yeah and um, the-, the market's a little saturated too yeah. with um, live service games and like um, Xbox is already competing with itself, and I mm-hmm. and I like grounded. It's another example, like yeah. grounded. You got Sea of Thieves. I mean, you also have people who play the third party ones, like a Destiny and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like the Apex, Le- Apex, Apex, Apex Legends, Apex Legends,
1: Fortnite, Fortnite it's like...
0: All the all of it. It's overcrowded, but like, um, yeah. I it's it makes me also question, you know, Sony's platform of, of going full full scale live service with sixty yeah. percent of the budget. It's mm-hmm. like. I, I feel like, you know, big companies learn from each other a lot because, mm-hmm. like, the most successful companies seem to emulate the things that work and the and the things that and that also don't. avoid the things that don't. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy because, like, I don't see, I don't see the case examples of how this is working extremely well for a lot of people outside of Epic Games at this mm-hmm. point. You no, know? it
1: really, like, and the things that everyone's trying to chase that back, but it's like, that is just a one in a million. It's like, Fortnite Cracked the code, like they found the goal at the perfect time. They pivoted because that was not what Fortnite was. No, Fortnite was a build. It, it, it was basically a tower defense game. That's what it was. They saw uh, the tower defense thing was like gaining traction. It was like not uh, not working at all. Then they saw that PUBG was like trying something new. They are like, they're using the same technology that we do. Maybe we can make it work on or with our building systems. That kind of that, that's kind of where it came from, and it hit there it hit the right moment that like the only time that battle Royale was really like huge 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 because again like when something new happens in the gaming industry is always going to be huge and that's always going to be the exciting part but it's like they've hit it right on the right on point and then they struggled with the art style to do the crossovers and all that that's why they make so much money because it's like it's just a skin platform <laughs> it's, it's, it's just what it is and uh, apex stride it's still successful. Like that's a very, in fact, uh I learned this in the recent like EA like financials. The success of Apex Legends, their only one, their one live service, is the reason why we're getting so many single player games from EA. Yeah, because they it's have some. To fund it. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically funding them because they know that they can take risks because they have something that's constantly fun. Instead of like making everything a live service, do one. Just exactly. do one. Just do one, and let everyone else do it because uh, Sony's strategy is like we're gonna grab. Bunch of manure this cow manure. we're going to throw it to the wall and see See Which one sticks sticks. and 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 the fact that you're trying to invest with so many of them. They're gonna like A lot of them are going to market. Yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't feel that's a sound strategy just seeing hopefully let's hope one of these stick Let's hope one of these stick because like It's expected to launch something that's just gonna fill in the market. I feel that's just irresponsible
0: That's
1: it. It just feels really irresponsible. and the worst part you acquired Bonji. You might as well just let them do it. Have them fund you. Because Destiny is always a top 10 played game. in Steam and Xbox and PlayStation. You know they have the chops. Marathon, not going to be my kind of thing, but if that hits, you have your one. And it's going to be like in, in all platforms. It's like, don't make everyone else do that. Because we're going to reach into situations where they're going to put... I bet it was like, uh, they didn't mention it here because obviously like they at least have some cachet of it, but I bet you not gonna felt the same way. I bet yeah. you like, I can bet you top dollar that them like trying to pursue this live service with uh with factions they probably fall the same way. They sure were here to let us know they're working on a single player game. That's... yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for sure. That, that to me tells me everything. So, so it's like a man, so I, like Sony built their empire in one way, especially this last generation, is gonna suck seeing it. Like we're seeing it play in live with what happened with Microsoft. Like Microsoft is desiring to do what PlayStation did last generation. And to be correct and to credit for them at least they already found success with some of their live service those are thriving now they got them now now it's time to like get the other ones and even then they had a massive failure in Halo Infinite again that they attempted to put in that bag.
0: And it just didn't work. Yeah, it's crazy. We're also, like, looking at, you know, like, I have the um, PlayStation presentation going on behind Uh me right now. It's, like, one of the the weird things I found about that presentation with all the live service games is, like, all of them were shooters. Yeah. (laughs) All of them were shooters. I'm, like, you're... Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're not differentiating yourself from any of the, the known shooters out there. And mm-hmm. also, if you release, like, five other shooters, I'm like, which one is going to succeed at that point? Yeah, and
1: which one's going to get your focus? Which is going to be the one you're going to put your marketing weight behind? That you're going to be willing to let it stick? That's the problem for doing so many of these. Like, yes, you know many... What? Ah, Yeah,
0: I was about to say, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know what PlayStation should do if they really want to do a live service game? Do the one and make it like PlayStation All Swords Battle Royale to where, like, make their own Super Smash Brothers because now they have IPs to actually, like, flesh out that. Yes,
1: yes, PlayStation All stars Battle Royale came way too early. Yeah, it came way too early for that idea, especially they didn't have the cachet. It came in the console that didn't have the install base or the already cashed for people to actually buy games like they did with ps4 if they had done it in the ps4 would have been a massive success because there's yeah. like this stable of ips and the idea of the crossover
2: mm-hmm. exactly they, that, that. That,
1: that, that, that would have worked and it would have been unique do and do if they had I, yeah it's, it's like i would have believed they would have done it now if it wasn't jim ryan running the yeah. ship <laughs> that's, and that's, and a that's the crazy
0: thing is like you already have like the live service initiative going forward i'm like do that instead of like doing like six Different, different
1: versions of Fortnite, basically mm-hmm. yeah it's like you know part of me is like as much as i love PlayStation, and i kind of want to see them fail with this so they know they understand yeah. it's like and and unfortunately it's like because of how long development takes now that's what sucks like i know that the idea for them was that uh, we were talking we, we had this chat also mm-hmm. uh that obviously the game they have a very specific kind of game the god of Ragnaroks, the last of us is the uh horizons and all that those games they sell really well like uh Last of Us Part Two sold 10 million copies. They did it in two years, which already was like, okay, it could have sold a little bit more if it was just three years, especially when Tears of the Kingdom did that in three days, which is insane to think about. But then Ragnarok sold 11 million in three months. That's impressive. That, actually, yeah. that's actually, that was actually pretty impressive before Tears of the Kingdom did all like 10 in three days, but those games are selling.
0: The Horizon's is- also got like a IP problem and it's new and it's yeah. you know even though this is like a, a newer like a mm-hmm. second iteration like it doesn't have 10 decades a decade worth of like yeah. lineage like God of War and even Zelda which e- has quite exactly a and, and
1: that helps it a lot because like there's like, that, that weight of like the the non-quantity that has reinvented itself but uh, even then like Horizon overall like between Horizon Zero done and Forbidden was it sold 32 million copies like obviously that's for, good uh, that's pre- that's healthy that's pretty healthy yeah. Those games take five years to make. So it's like... Uh, I understand, like, the idea is for Sony to be like... We kind of want to keep doing that because there's a certain level of quality. It's like the, the, the war of escalation. Now with the higher fidelity means that you need to put extra work hours and all of that. So I understand the idea that maybe they want to, like, throw those live services in to keep bringing in the money to keep funding that. That is fine. The, my problem is that you're putting so many of those in development. Way yeah. too many. Because it's like, then it's just limiting the game that you do really well to like the very few studios and and i'm like uh it, it, it's gonna rob us through, uh, the potential of the next great single player uh experience huh uh for, for from them because it's like right now we're in sequel mode uh right now obviously god of War has only had two uh, two entries in this newer in, in in like this newer reimagined era but it's still a long-running franchise horizon is just on two i'm worried we've heard many things that they're planning on over uh exposing horizon a little bit with yeah, a re- yeah. with a remake the multiplayer game the netflix show is like it's just too much for that ip that even though selling their numbers say it's telling them it's like selling a lot it doesn't feel like it's in that it's like cachet yeah it's still too new to like overexpose it like that so it's like i'm just fearful of, like how little of those games are gonna like there's we're still gonna get them but it's like they're just gonna become the unicorns now instead of being like the main course and i hate that i really hate that it feels yeah. like
0: we're gonna get a whole bunch of Days Gone as a result of this, yeah. where Days Gone is not, like, necessarily a bad game. It no, just, like, I
1: enjoy Days Gone a lot, especially yeah. now that it's been fixed. It's, like, uh-huh. it's, it's it's actually painful to think that, man, eventually it got there, but they didn't want to take another crack at it, because it was, like, it reviewed bad out of the gate, and they're all about quality, so it's like, nah.
0: <laughs> so, too little, too late. But, yeah, it's one of those things to where, like, you know, like, even though it's a good game, and I, I'm right there with you, it's like it's still like as far as sony games go it's like a c-tier type of game you know like and it feels like we might get a whole lot of c-tier type of games because of this initiative but like yeah and that's
1: what live service is like diablo 4 is the only rare one recently that's coming out that's already got reviews out it's like they got it right because they made a robust game like diablo used to be before live service and setting it up for a live service future where i'm They've used to
0: for plenty of practice with exactly that. They, yeah. they
1: have plenty of practice so it's like those are the ones that are like yeah you're playing in your lane stay in your lane and uh and, and i'm like don't be that like do your own thing like you already found so much like i can't imagine selling 11 million copies of god of War ragnarok probably already sold a little bit more again it's like the fact that the conversation over that game just died so quickly it's like it's so sad for me but it's like you can't imagine like not feeling happy about selling that much of a single-player game on your own system, like, like and the, yeah, it's just and it, the it, crazy it's, thing
0: it's, is like that that game's just gonna live on through the life cycle of the PS Five at this point. Uh-huh. Like you sold a net eleven million, and now you just like whatever that thing does for the next like five years is just icing on the cake at that point. Exactly, you know? it's
1: like you got all the sales when they matter, when they was very mm-hmm. expensive. So it's like, so it's like I can't imagine. It's like to me, it's like it's just greed. It's just the one like you see the. why make the billions when you can make the gazillions that to me is like such a Such a a horrible greedy mentality that it's just gonna like corrode gaming like it absolutely just gonna corrode gaming and that's why like to me like I am Love like I love the success of games like Elden Ring and Zelda Like just for monetary because it's like Mm -hmm. look what they were able to do how much they were able to do just by staying in their lane
0: yeah, yeah, and I, can, I like, understand. I'm so, right there with you. I'm like, I'm happy for their success, especially mm-hmm. what it means for the single player landscape.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, obviously, like, there's always the fear that then, like, again, like the train chasing that always happens. Being like, we got to make that. No, take elements, but do your thing. <laughs> so that there's, there was like that game that we saw later, like halfway through the showcase that had like the Breath of the Wild. Uh, clothes floating. Remember, it had like all the monsters. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So It was uh-huh. like, do that. It's like you're making your own game, you're taking some elements. You're like, oh, yeah, they got it from that. But then you have your own flavor. It's like, like, do that. It's 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 like it's clear gamers want that. And I'm glad it's like people are speaking with their wallets like gamers. Please rise up. Keep supporting the single player. Show these developers they can make the money here.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they for keep, sure.
1: keep showing that and, uh, and, and, and and you just hope that people actually show up for even even if it comes out outside your console ecosystem like. Story number two, the original story number two uh, by Tom Ivan by VGC, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart coming to PC in July. Uh, Sony Directive Entertainment will release Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart for PC on July 26, 2023. Shortly after the PC version was leaked by data miner Bill Billcon, Nix's Software officially announced that it's developing the title in collaboration with Insomnia Games. The game will be available on Steam and Epic Games Store. Players who pre-purchase it will get access to two in-game items early in their playthrough, the Pixelizer weapon and the Carbonauts armor set. The PC version of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart features ray trace reflections with a variety of quality levels to choose from and newly added ray trace shadows for natural light in, indoor- in outdoors areas. This enables realistic shadows with natural gradients and softness. We know many PC gamers enjoy playing on ultra-wide monitors. For those, we added support for 21.9, 32.9, and up to 48.9 resolutions for triple monitor gaming setups. Both gameplay and cutscenes are optimized for ultra-wide screens. This is possible thanks to our engineers, artists, and QA team who have analyzed the game and adjusted all cinematics to ensure compatibility with panoramic aspect ratios. Uh, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart on PC offers full mouse and keyboard support with customizable controls. Controllers are also fully supported, and when using a dual-sense controller on a wire connection, you can feel in-game actions coming to life in your hands with haptic feedback and dynamic triggers. Originally released for PS5 in June 2021, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart was built as an interdimensional adventure that uses the console's SSD to rapidly transport players between different locations. So, yes, it's like I would say this, like I would say Red Chan Rift Apart came and went, which is kind of sad, but it's also because it came out so early at a time where people didn't have PS5s. It recently got released on PS Extra, so people that are paying the $15 a month or 8 dollars $18 a month uh, rates for PS Plus get to experience that, which for my money, it is still the prettiest game of this console generation. Actually, I actually think it looks prettier than Horizon.
0: Oh man, I think you're crazy, but not by much. I yeah. think you're just slightly crazy, but yeah. yeah, I think it's like I think it's up there for contention for Yeah, I,
1: I feel just I, I feel like the art direction is just even more impressive because it's sci-fi. There's just something like even more like cool looking about it obviously horizon is better looking in a more realistic way even though it has its sci-fi trappings with the robots and all of that but it's like there's mm. just something very picture uh, Pixar quality about the about Ratchet and Clank so that's why to me gorgeous. it's like that's like the most gorgeous game and that fact that it came from Insomniac also again they putting it's like they're putting the they put in the work and I feel this is going to breathe new life into this game that uh um, again like I know that you didn't hear about this like when these, when that game launched it was called, like, one of Insomniac's quote-unquote bugger games, but it's not, like, widespread for it to be a problem. Actually, Returnal was a bigger problem for me Yeah, I've heard yeah, about Returnal's yeah. problems, but yeah. yeah. Like, again, like like Lord Cognito, he <laughs> <laughs> he was he literally, because that game had no saving, and he got far away, and the, the his console crashed. He said he wanted to, like, punt, <laughs> punt yeah. the console when that happened. So it's, like, again, COVID. Like it was, like, that COVID, like, pandemic, work from home, like, adapting, and they didn't have, like, the polish for it, and... Now it's really polished and I'll say also this with this one is like this is a game. I definitely want to give another go Because I didn't quite love it, but I also had this problem. I replayed all the Ratchet and clients before it oh, I, man, Yeah, oversaturated. Yeah, it's oh. I, so, so I oversaturated and, and I think you remember when you mentioned that uh, You're wondering why a game like this didn't get like the flowers with like what it does with technology and all of that Because that is core. It was the Ratchet and client game. So there's so many people Yeah, so so that's like come on I, yeah but it's like this game deserved i feel if it had to come later when more people had the console widely available they would see like this, this game i feel flexes the ssd in such a way which actually um, there were some details that came from this for spider-man 2 today If mm-hmm. from like Eurogamer and washington post and all that i would say that the the way they did the technology for the portal rifting and moving through the three things it's what they're basing the speedness of how you move through the world in spider-man now Kind of like what we saw with that demo when they were when, when they were like gliding yeah. around, gliding around and all of that. So it's like it's coming from this. So man, it's like Insomniac. They're really. Uh, Do you ever see that image of like Spider-Man like holding the debris? <laughs> That's Insomniac yeah. right now with the PS5. They put so much, and a lot of it has been quality.
0: Like, oh yeah for sure they like, put out everything anything and everything they put out is absolute quality um mm-hmm. yeah it, this is exciting for for pc fans to get a hold of Ratchet and clank rift apart which mm-hmm. i i consider one of the i would probably say top 10 games of the ps5's life cycle right now mm-hmm. but um you know in like, the in the few
1: that are there but yeah yeah, yeah.
0: for sure for sure but like yeah, and, it, and the fact that it's going to be accessible in so many different ways. All the yeah. NVIDIAs, all the, like, ray tracings, all the the monitors and everything like that. You can play this on a Microsoft Zoom yeah. and everything like that, you know, like, <laughs> it, you know, so. so.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really curious, though, because it, Sony made a big deal before this that the PS5's custom-built SSD is what made this game possible. Now it's releasing on a... At, at, at a, in a platform in Steam and uh, the PC that oh. has like all different million different permutations, I'm really curious to see how it works and how oh. true it is.
0: Uh, yeah, the... to give you a little sneak peek, like I upgraded my um my hard drive with a SD hard drive, and the Wretched Clank is what I played it from. So it's like that my so that kind of gives you a little indication mm-hmm. on like you can play this outside of like that PS Five. Like, yeah. super, super. So again, it was just
1: drive. like mark. It was just marketing. It was. Yes. It really was. <laughs> so, 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 but hey, this game deserves more players. It absolutely does. So I'm glad that it it's does. already... I'm it's glad good. that it's now... Uh, it was weirdly one of the last games like... Horizon Forbidden was... Got to PSX before this. And this is, was older, so this was weird that... They took them so long to put that in that subscription. But I'm glad it's there. More people need to play this. I can't wait to play it again. Fresher. Like instead of like... A, my sixth wretched & Clank after I did the trilogy on <laughs> PS3 and the other ones. From PS2, yeah, I didn't have my PS5 at the times so I needed to. I was trying to hit the hunger, but that's a problem with playing so many games from that franchise before. There's danger of burning up.
0: You, you are the type of gamer, man, that goes and eats a whole bunch of pizza before you go to a pizza buffet. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Paul made fun of me for that. It's like, that it's mm-hmm. like I just love, I just love replaying. It's like I just, I, I'm very yeah. nostalgic. I'm a very nostalgic person, so I love, especially if the games are short. If they enter are long, yeah. no way, no way. Like, nah, man. And you going to, to be it. a new
0: cutscene person, like, yeah. just watch some cutscenes <laughs> yeah. as opposed to play into the game. It's so
1: weird, know? so I just love, like, the experience of playing it. <laughs> so. I understand. Okay, let's, uh, uh, so story number three, uh, former God of War art director joins Netflix to work in an original triple-A game. Santa Monica Studio art director Raph Grasetti announced earlier this month that he was leaving the God of War studio after more than a decade at Sony. And on Wednesday, he revealed that he's joined the Netflix studio led by former Overwatch executive producer Chaco Sony. He'll also be working alongside the studio's creative director Joseph Statham, the Halo veteran who left Microsoft last month, and its its director of technology Jerry Edsel, who was previously lead programmer on Gears 5. I'm happy to announce that I've joined Netflix to develop a new original IP AAA game. I'm really excited to build a team and to work with the amazing Joseph Statham, Jerry Edsel, and Chaco Sony to bring a new world to life. Netflix said in March that it was planning to release another 40 games in 2023, taking its offerings to 95 by the end of the year. Obviously, a bunch of those are tiny games that are like, yeah, they're going to the service. Nice. Yeah, Multiple the company. Well. Yeah, the company which began offering Netflix subscribers access to a library of mobile games through the Android and iOS div- versions of its app in late 2021 also said it had 16 first party games in development and a further 17 that works with third party studios. So obviously a bunch of those bunch of uh indie stuff. But is the fact that this is actually going to be a big AAA game with this level of talent? And it's gonna be multi-platform. I'm really curious. Like, obviously, Netflix has a shit ton of money, a lot of it, that they were able to secure the director, creator of the Halo lore, the art director for God of War, which is amazing. Like, the art of the of God of War is immaculate. In fact, it's like why Horizon is superior is because of the technical, like the technical is just mm-hmm. uh, just, just bad. The art direction of God, uh, the two God of War games, is very uh, striking, and for a very like. Proto photorealistic, but not really game. So they got that dude in. I mean, just like if you look at the article, they had the launch trailer, whereas I just see the the uh, the skull and hati scene. (laughs) Just that art is like that comes from art direction. So it's like they got the art director. I hope it's a banger. I hope this is not Stadia. Like this is not the Stadia energy of like poaching a bunch of talent with a lot of money and then nothing comes out of it. So. no
0: no I think they're already doing that like to me stadia was like uh to all la carte as, mm. as well is like in in like Netflix is already like banging out a lot of really good, um, mm-hmm. really good games like Moonlighter. I love Moonlighter. I think it's one of like one of my favorite Zelda-like games, mm-hmm. like old-school retro-like Zelda-like games. Um, Immortality, which was you know a nominee for Game of the Year, like um, that was from
1: them. That's where it yeah. came from. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, Immortality is all, uh, also on Netflix Studios. Um, Kentucky mm-hmm. Route Zero is also like on oh, that I the service. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then Into the Breach is another good one. I mean, like they've been uh, they've been um, stuffing that platform for a like platform as well like even by studios that didn't necessarily like make their games natively for mm-hmm. that platform like tmt shredders revenge is on netflix right now I'm that's like, awesome
1: i love yeah. that game i love that game so much it's just, it's just so fun
0: they're putting but, that quality in that service yeah. right now
1: and to me bringing that talent means that they're gonna be putting a banger especially if they're gonna pursue him to do that i hope they do because mm-hmm. as the industry keeps getting more consolidated and all that it, like I would hope at least one of these big conglomerates that are not gaming They do the right like eventually get it right because obviously was Amazon hasn't quite get hasn't quite gotten it, right? With um, Luna, yeah, yeah with Luna, uh, obviously Google big swing and a miss because they had good technology But they completely screwed with how they treat they pursued the pursuit they pursued the business of it so
0: Nvidia Shield is um, actually Nvidia Shield is actually getting there. Like mm-hmm. that one's getting there, and Xbox Cloud Gaming is really good right now.
1: Yeah, more 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 places for, for games to happen. So, mm-hmm. and I and I hope that uh, that Netflix really gives these guys the time, the money, and like the and and basically care for them to put out an actual banger that it can make them a legit gaming studio. As yeah. we as we're seeing the the, the industry just continually gets smaller in the in the big AAA sense. Obviously, Indies are taking good care of us right now, so hoping for the best. You got the talent. Don't be the uh, don't be the initiative and squander that talent because the initiative also had a lot of talent and they haven't put out a game there over in Xbox, so that yeah. could easily go wrong. So a quick numbers, story number four, MetaQuest 3 announced alongside Quest 2 price cuts. The next-gen virtual and mixed reality headset launches this fall. It will launch this fall with prices starting at 499 for a 128 gigabyte headset with an additional storage option also planned. MetaQuest 3 features higher resolution, stronger performance breakthrough meta-reality technology and a slimmer, more comfortable headset. Meta also announced that starting on June 4, it will cut the Quest 2 price to $299 for the 128GB version, meaning it will cost the same as it did prior to a $100 price increase in August 2022. The price of the 256GB version will also be reduced to $349.99. So, Next gen the 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 quote unquote next gen VR right after PSVR2 just came out which is selling slightly better but it's still pricier. This is actually undercutting the PSVR2. They,
0: so they, they had to.
1: They They, they totally had to is they want to be competitive and I still remain skeptical about VR being a thing. I'll have you tried Quest 2 by the way. I did yeah. try it. Yeah, I did try it. I was actually impressed for like I was like, "Oh man, this is actually really good for a wireless like untethered uh to their br unit that's that's a big strength of the quest compared to the P, to psbr you need the 500 hundred dollar ps5 to be able to play those games it doesn't stand on its own so it's like a thousand dollar dollar investment so the price seems like it's part of the market but i'm like glad that the other ones like got cheaper because there's a lot of cool stuff in quest 2
0: so you, you know like um i've spoken with a couple of um cool uh, like VR developers and stuff like that um, mm. on the single player experience episodes coming out pretty soon but like they mentioned that the hurdle to VR is not necessarily the hardware at all right now it's just like getting money support right now to actually work on those kind of yeah. things because like you can't it, for as a studio indie studio without like a guarantee from mm. a developer or from like a major AAA company it's like it's a huge risk you can lose your company on a VR taking a risk on a VR title
1: Sony lost studios yeah. to vr like they had studios that they closed mm-hmm. that worked on vr early for B- uh, vr1 so it's like it's an unproven market unfortunately it's like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like people are not gonna buy this the device if they don't see like a compelling game to make the investment but then it's like why would you make a game for the system if you don't think people are gonna see so it's like a, it's like a chicken and the egg scenario for that it is for, for that thing and to be fair for quest because it has facebook money behind it it's like it has that but it's still like many developers uh, like it's still like it feels like a dead end for many developers and it's that's always felt like the next step for gaming and it just sucks that it never took off or they're still attempting it's like they're, they're it's like it feels like it's, it's like such a slow grind to make it a thing but it's like at 2.99 i feel this is the right price right now especially because the quest 2 is actually really good I spoke to
0: a couple of insiders right now, um, like not right now, but like earlier in the year, and they basically told me like, hey, the the gateway to VR really taking off in the market is if Amazon Luna or like Amazon Luna or maybe like a Stadia-like subscription model comes Mm -hmm. to a basically VR platform. Oh,
1: that would be so good because then it would be like it would provide the safety net for like kind of like the Apple Arcade Mm -hmm. that that we, our Apple Arcade, thankfully, was the only place in mobile that started getting cooler games that were not gotchas or, 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 or like microtransaction nightmares that were the free to play stuff. It felt like a curated place. They need that. Like, yeah, like, VR needs That's B, the B, point. Yeah. yeah. VR totally needs that. And I'm glad now that we got the price, that the price is right for Quest 2. It can even go cheaper now. Uh, now that the three exists, because then it can provide like a base. So, so yeah. I've always been, um, and I don't own one, but I was impressed with who I used mm-hmm. this holiday, like where where I went to stay when I went to Dallas. They had one there, and that's when I first tried. I was like, man, this is actually really cool. It sucks yeah. that it's like it, there's nothing much here to me to compel to pay like the four hundred something dollars for it. But yeah, it's like mm-hmm. quest three. Quest three is now in the out in the market. It's gonna be out soon. Still hoping the best for VR and all those VR devs because I yeah, I, sure. I, I bet you there's like some untapped creativity that you're just waiting to unleash. Yeah, but they yeah. can't because they know that they it could like <laughs> sink them. So, final story and a funny one. Uh, by a story by Chris Collin by BGC. Uh, Yuji Naka could be sentenced to 2.5 years in prison for insider trading. So Yuji Naka is the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog creator, co-creators <laughs> by co-creator, so the way. So Sonic uh, the Hedgehog co-creator Yuji Naka faces a prison sentence of two and a half years and a fine of over 2.1.2 million for his part in an insider trading scheme at Square Enix. Abima Times reports that at the Tokyo District Court on Thursday, prosecutors demanded that Naka serve a prison term of two years and six months. The prosecutor's office also ordered a fine of 2.5 million and a supplementary penalty of 170 million yen, claiming Naka showed no signs of remorse. (laughs) His, His defense has requested that the fine be reduced and the sentence be suspended. A final decision is expected to be made on July 7. I would say that he deserves prison for the creation of Sonic, but that would be too harsh. Uh, Because I actually do enjoy a couple Sonic games, I actually stand by, even though he hasn't worked on Sonic in like forever, since like the originals, uh, Sonic Frontiers is like a legit decent game for a franchise that has been hot garbage for 20. I still stand by that one, that was a fun one. Hope it receives a subscription release, some for people actually to see that that game was actually decent,
0: so... And the crazy thing is, old boy, is about to go to jail for two and a half, particularly two and a half years. And um, Martha Stewart went to jail for the same thing for five months. <laughs> like five, she got five months.
1: Was she also for insider trading?
0: Insider trading back in like 2001. That is absolutely crazy.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe it's different. Like, insider trading over in Japan feels like a more serious, egregious thing. <laughs> I guess so. so. I yeah, guess but so. it's so funny because I know a lot of people are saying, like, he deserves prison for the creation of Sonic. But uh, but there's good Sonic, and it, I, I mean, it's the horrible that has, like, permeated the franchise.
0: So, Maybe the Werehog um, game. Maybe the Werehog game, but not.
1: The Warhog game is horrible. Sonic how yeah, that like yeah, maybe
0: he sorry. need jail time for that but Yeah, everything else yeah. I'm like. Eh, yeah. As far Warthog.
1: as I know he has no input on any of the 3D games. Unfortunately it would be easier to like blame the th- the, the blame the Warhog on on him mm-hmm. and even Sonic 06 which is like the legendary horrible 360 PS3 game. But uh <laughs> I mean Balloon Underworld, Wonderworld, Balan Wonderland, was it called?
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderland, yeah.
1: Yeah, that he made that, so he deserves jail for that. Oh,
0: that's rough. That <laughs> so, real rough.
1: And with that, that concludes the news. Uh, just there's a few games showing up the next week. Sebastian, take it away. For the the, next week. Yeah. Oh, for my goodness. Let's for May, for June fourth to June tenth. I forgot Uh, to change the dates there.
0: (laughs) It's all right. It's all right. I got you right here. We have Amnesia the Bunker for Xbox Series X and X, PS4, Xbox One, and PC coming at you June 6th. Also June 6th, we have the release of Diablo 4 coming at you for PS5, Xbox Series X and X, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, June 8th, Harmony of uh, Harmony, the Fall of Reverie Mm -hmm. for the Switch and PC. And June 8th also has a release of Moto G- GP 23.
1: And if you pay the $100 edition for Diablo 4, you can start playing tonight. Yeah, I'm not going yeah, to pay $100 for that, even though I heard it's pretty good. It's like, I'm going to save my money.
0: <laughs> uh, there's a saying we have back in Texas. You can holla at me when you're sober. I ain't about to yeah. pay $100 for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. even though it received really good reviews, which is a big win for Blizzard uh, yeah. because they've. Overwatch 2 has been a disaster for them, especially when nah. they cancel the single-player mode. <laughs> that still cracks me up to no end.
0: So you're so, gonna be playing a lot of Diablo 4 this week?
1: Uh, not this week. I'm waiting for June 6. So, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So this week, I'm gonna uh, have to do the Street Fighter 6 that comes out tomorrow, but I'm gonna play a bunch of it and see how, how I like it, but then I might still focus on Final Fantasy 15 and Mortal Kombat 9. Just, these are, those are the two games that are like uh, speaking to me currently. So. What about you What are you going to be playing
0: um i'm going to polish off dead island i'm dead island 2 it i'm close to the end i think like very close to the end so i'm gonna polish that off i'm gonna be playing um what is it probably Forspoken, and mm. then i have a couple of indie games to review as well if you
1: finish for spoken you ever want to do like a deep dive yeah
0: that's the that's the goal i'm, I'm no. gonna hit you up it. let me know because
1: it's like I'm, I'm one of the ones that actually like that game <laughs>
0: yeah so sure, like they sure. actually
1: reviewed it good <laughs> so
0: for sure we might have we might even have another um another like advocate of the game joining us for that one and and it's a pretty big youtuber so that'd be cool
1: that'd be cool so
0: yeah for sure for sure so um yeah those are the games i'll probably be playing
1: perfect so and with that it concludes this week's episode quite a lengthy episode of the x bottom but we have some like <laughs> amazing discussions
0: <laughs> yeah, so for sure.
1: i know what happened but I, I i prefer having them here than in text because nuance mm-hmm. can be lost so yeah. um sebastian where can people find you
0: Man, y'all can find me at the Single Player Experience podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to talk. Find out about good single player games to play. You can find me there. It's all ava- available on all platforms. We also have a Single Player Experience Discord server. You can hit us up there. We're growing in numbers and stuff like that. We talk a lot of noise, but we have a lot of fun there as well. So you can find me there, and then you can also just find me on the the social medias. Hit me up where, wherever you find. Just type in Sebastian. I'm the only yeah. Sebastian in existence. So yeah, you can find with
1: a no, Sebastian. Yeah. Exactly. Sebastian helps.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Alejandro, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, they can find me at A underscore Dorosegobi on Twitter. They can find me on Instagram at Alejandro 93 And my current written content, recent re- uh, written content at seasongaming.com
0: yeah for like, sure and before we go people if you like what you see with this gorgeous green screen below you know go check out sub br a sub 2 pr like they they are making great products and such like that they hooked your boy up with this one go check them out
1: i'm actually gonna check it out because i've been loving the quality like <laughs> it's, it's really good. everything yeah. that you've been putting out there so yeah and uh, you can check some of my episodes that i've guessed over the single player experience that one that we did for the uh oh,
0: yeah, for showcase sure.
1: is it is it live yet or is it still like coming
0: um, that one's coming. Um, we had a little snack food with um, the editing um, Quality and such like that. So we're we're trying to work through it We um were able to kind of get back a lot of the stuff that was lost and such like that but oh, okay. I, I'm gonna take another crack at it and such like that very soon.
1: All right, and uh, Hit me up whenever you want to have like deep dives and other games if already. To have the we time. got it a-
0: yeah, and everyone um, definitely look out for Alejandro to be on the Single Player Experience podcast. We're going to be talking about Metroid Prime Remastered yes. pretty soon.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely one. to can't wait to hear your like deep thoughts as someone that I'm a I'm a veteran of that series. So I mm-hmm. played it, and you came in fresh. So
0: yeah, that's going to sure. have
1: like two interesting valid perspectives. To one of like was considered one of gaming's greatest games.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. for sure. And let's everyone send our real wishes out to Paul. He was bit by snakes in two eyes. and such a <laughs> fact he is recovering. He will be on the yeah. show next week, so. Yeah, the sna- the, the, the
1: corporate snakes.
0: <laughs> the corporate snakes, yeah. Both eyes, this
1: Yes, is a <laughs> <package>. <laughs> Yes, all right, Sebastian, so it was fun. Everyone else, thank you for listening. Everyone is gonna listen through us for our normal feed or through the sharing of the single-player experience. Uh, we appreciate you all, you all rock. Stay healthy, stay safe. Play some and games. Remember. Press X.
0: Yeah, you go to the play. Out, Adios. So that's it for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Alejandro and Paul for having me on the X Button Podcast and for letting me cross promote and publish this episode on the Single Player Experience Podcast. I also want to let you know about the single player experience discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or... Give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!